Stan Hansen and Andre the Giant having a fight and all these Japanese people running away like it's Godzilla. Absolutely terrified and just like <laughs> it's brilliant. God bless Stan Hansen. The sheer look of fear in this audience's eyes. All of them are like absolutely, all those videos, they're all just like terrified, aren't they? Just kind of full yeah. power running away. It's just the, I mean, Hansen came to the, the ring swinging a like a bull rope essentially if yeah, you're like ready yeah. the cowbell tied to the end yeah 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 it's dribbling tobacco yeah didn't he about race. yeah just smelling off the many women of the night he made from with the night before <laughs> oh boy Ooh, nice. or afternoon it depends when the show was I suppose well you know there's always the matinee performance the wrestling show afterwards. Hey! Hey! Welcome to the Conquistadors. Tonight, the Conquistadors grab the ball by the horns. The WCW Spring Stampede 1999. Bronco Buster in their way to the ring tonight. Bam Bam Cameron Phillips. The Man of a Thousand Holes, Ewan Taylor. And Hollywood Phil Doyle. Only tonight on The Conquistables. Are they on the list? Are they not on the list? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're this on the, the list. Thing. Like this oh, is the no. thing I've talked about this with um, Derek on Facebook. Hello, Derek. I guess this might be in the call open, so I said hello to him anyway. Um, okay. Because he was talking hello, about Derek. watching a John. He was talking about watching a John Landis film. I don't think he knew yeah. about the whole kind of Twilight Zone movie stuff. And uh, we kind of said, like, you know, did you do you know about that? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, short version. Um, John Landis was working on Twilight Zone the movie in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. And it's like Spielberg was doing like a, se- a segment and all that kind of stuff. And it was the bit he was doing, there's like a flashback into Vietnam and he had an actor, two child actors, um, and basically wanted like a helicopter to fly over the top of them. as like all these explosions were going on. Mm-hmm. And basically the helicopter, he told the helicopter to go too low. The explosions went off, like I think two went off too early or something. Not the helicopter at the end. It landed on the actor and the two kids, just killed them all. Basically it's like that. Yeah, and there's like all kind of lawsuits and all things afterwards. And basically, it was like, you know, there was no kind of health and safety on sets back then because it was in like 82 when it was filmed. Yeah. Obviously, that changed Hollywood basically to all the kind of safety stuff. And there was like, on, like lawsuits. I think Landis was in like a manslaughter trial, which he ended up being acquitted yeah. of. But then there was like a civil suit and he settled out of court for like an undisclosed sermon and all that kind of stuff. Right, okay. And basically, it was like, you know, um, Spielberg basically like cut all ties off with Landis after that point because like you know no one no, like nobody's life is worth no no movie shot is worth someone's life sort of thing no no and that's all that no. kind of around it and Derek was like well well like that's basically ruined like all these all the John Landis ones we now because like all these actions basically led to these people's death like how can you kind of you know yeah. um like separate that kind of stuff and I was like yeah well you know it's, it's the whole thing and then I kind of realized like like is our generation like. Uh, like the most people, most times we have to separate the art art from the artist. I mean, we are wrestling fans after all. Yeah, wrestling fans, TV fans, 
like movie mm-hmm. people like basically all the things we grew up on we have to kind of like do like a lot of things about well yeah i really enjoyed it but now i realize that the person in charge of it was a douchebag like you know you talk about all the you know brian singer films uh kevin spacey you know yeah can you savile through like all of our childhoods like you know, all these tv shows <laughs> and stuff if we go back to like the um in art history you get like people like matisse who left france to go to south america and paint a lot of naked 13 14 year olds yeah and yeah, that, so that is probably the, the earliest example i could think of it's like yeah <laughs> yeah uh, nice painting dude but <laughs> i'm not sure if like you know like my parents generation like they had to do that kind of stuff that like you know from like the 40s or 50s or whatever but i feel like with our generation like like so many people turn out to be like massive scumbags yeah yeah you know oh, we have to do Brilliant. so much thinking like separate like well the art is really good but the artist i, uh, I can't watch Chinatown anymore I can't yeah. watch these all suspects anymore twice because it's flipping <laughs> Brian, Brian Singer, Singer and, Kevin, and Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, all the kind of uh, what's his name, Scott Rudin, he just got kind of brought up stuff like he produced loads of good films. You oh, know, can't yeah. watch any of them anymore. Can't watch nope. any of them anymore. Well, you know, unless you separate the art from the artist, if you can do that sort of thing. Unless you can kind yeah. of like, yeah. you know, I suppose you're actively kind of going out and funding them. I think it's not as if you know you. isn't it? If you go into the cinema to watch like a Kevin Spacey movie now, not that any cinema is going to show a Kevin Spacey movie, but you know what I mean? You'd be yeah. actively funding him. Is that yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But he's like, I think he's he's just signed up to like an Italian film. Like he's got a small role like in a film in Italy, which apparently is like where he's based now, which is, you know. Yeah, because he had that really weird press conference where he like recited that poem about the boxer. He should have just gone with um, uh, Cantona, then about the the seagulls and the trawlers. That would have been that's the idea. Yeah, it would have been like a performance. I mean, that would have been a bit of a mess. Would have been like, oh, Kevin, you're forgiven. Cantona reference. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're in. You're back. Get back in the old X Men films. The best bit about that whole Cantona thing was the fact that there was a million and one journalists around him at the time going, I don't know what he means. What does he mean? Yeah, it's because it's because it's before um, uh, New School journalism, wasn't it? They didn't. They couldn't cope with it. He was just, uh, you know. Beyond it, before his time, both on the pitch and off it, was Cantona. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Retired at thirty. No, it's nuts. I mean, he didn't need he didn't need to work anymore. He'd done his job. No, but then <laughs> like grew grew that, 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 that granny will never be a will never be a model. <laughs> I watched the uh, United Way, the film Sky put out. Um, I think last weekend. Is that right? It actually, it's really good. It's definitely worth a watch. Especially there's a lot of like, obviously about Cantona in it. Yeah. You know, and the sort of lead up fallout and then the there's an amazing I think this is the first interview he gives after being charged by the FA and he basically comes out, <laughs> reads a, like a one line quote and just gets up and leaves. You could just hear the journalists laughing, going, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that? The seagull thing. Apparently like That's he got it. brought behind like um, a disciplinary hearing in France and he just kinda of walked up to each person, said idiot in their face and walked out. <laughs> like five or six and just walked up to each one in turn. Like, idiot. Idiot! <laughs> Idiot! Off he goes. Uh, Eric like, I think the best, like one of the best football documentaries I've still ever seen is there was Football Family Trees did one on BBC, like in the mid, in like in the mid nineties. You remember like yeah. ro- uh, Rock Family Trees? Yeah, yeah. They did that, but for football, and it was like Man United going from like um, like the mid seventies when oh, what's his name? The last big manager left. Can't his name. 
like from him up until Ferguson winning the first um, Premiership title, like all the different kind of teams and the managers during that period. All right. I think it's all up on YouTube. Ron Atkinson. Yeah. And he's got like Tandori Tand, Ron Atkinson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Tandori good. Tan. That's Phil's documentary pick. That and um, uh, When We Were Kings, the Ali documentaries on BBC iPlayer, which is absolutely mint. It's on iPlayer now. Yeah, I'm not Brilliant. seeing. I'm not seeing, the, not seeing anything for anything for ages because I think the music rights are all over the place because it's got like James Brown and all sorts in it. All oh, right, okay. So I don't think oh, it's maybe, why it's um, not anything. I'll maybe stop watching so much Adam Curtis then, and maybe watch that. There's <laughs> brilliant <laughs> that documentary. Adam Curtis it. stuff is amazing, but then you get to the end and you're like, oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's wrecked and ruined and terrible. What am I even I doing? I watched all eight episodes of "Can't Get You Out of My Head" in about ten days. I don't think like I was like, oh, well, each episode is like an hour and a half. Oofed. And then it all ends up with kind of like going, yeah, you know, all that reality you think you've built up. Well, really, it's just a lie <laughs> by com- yeah. by like um, capitalism just to make you think this. <laughs> and you're never truly happy until you buy things and you need to buy more things to be happier. Yeah. And then yeah. the whole process of actually earning money to get those things makes you even more miserable than you even should yeah. be. Good night. Yeah, but... <laughs> and you're there going, to be, fair, okay. to be fair, I bought some sweet Transformers with my capitalist money, so I can't really complain. You know what I mean? No, not really. Not really. I think Studio yeah. Series 86 Hot Rod, he's got little glasses that come down. It's amazing. Oh, nice. Nice. You can put like a little pizza cutter in his hand, like he's in in the water with the uh, with the with the sharks, dude. It's brilliant. So, you know, if, that's, if that's if I can have that as well as sucking on a corporate teat, then you know I'm fine. That's all I need, really. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, later on at the end of the show and this record, I'd like to just point out that I'll be fingering Al's envelope. <laughs> and get him off. We'll see if it contains if it contains joy or just a bit of pain. I think it's going to contain shit mostly. Hold on. What does it smell of? Don't. Sniffing out of Wow. Nuki brown ale, surely. <laughs> Nuki brown ale and sadness. <laughs> sadness. Despair. I'm getting um, uh, a aroma and a taste of uh, Marlborough. Uh, <laughs> it tastes. And definitely, um, definitely some fake tan. So that could be Basically anything. It tastes like a wrestling locker room from well, the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> only with less cocaine. I'm thinking pre pre ninety three. That sounds about right it. for Al. Yep. And I'm thinking it's. Uh, I'm getting a, uh, a kind of back taste of WrestleMania. <laughs> oh God! And I think. Face paint, definite face paint. Um, Ooh, really say the lesson. I'll have picked like some AWA Super Show or something like that, just to really just throw us for a loop. I'm looking forward to double or nothing on Sunday. Oh, like the um, Stadium Stampede was supposed to replace Blood and Guts last it year. It was the thing, yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah now they're seemingly just doing both. Yeah, apparently, the, the audience for. Double or nothing have been told to uh, the stadium stampede match will apparently have a considerable live element, wow. so it's not just going to be them watching yeah, it on a screen. Because they said like they filmed over that over about twelve hours, didn't they? The original, like last year's stadium stampede. Yeah, last year the one in the actual they kind Jacksonville of Stadium took cut it all up and all sorts, didn't they? So. Yeah, but the blood and guts match was really good. I enjoyed that. 
I mean, the finish was what it was. Yeah, I've seen the ending because that was yeah. a gift to hell. But <laughs> I don't think it looked any worse than you know most of the flipping WWE ones from like the last you know twenty no, years or whatever. I, I didn't. I didn't care. I saw people saying, "Oh, it ruined the entire show for me." What one spot at the end ruined the show for you? The guy still fell the distance. He yeah. just landed in yeah. something softer. What would, what would you like to just land in the fucking concrete and be dead? Speaking of which, rest in peace, New Jack. Yeah. Now. Oh, here's here we go. Here's Cam's face. Right. Here we go. Doing this on video is a, rev- is a revelation because we can see Cam's Cam yeah. what can only be described yeah, as like a absolute disgust. Cam <laughs> Cam's expression can only be described as like a French shrug. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like right, New Jack. Go on. I'm sure the person, right, and I'm not. I would never celebrate someone's death, right? That's just however now, <laughs> but. Almost having said that, <laughs> there, we, there go. we go. There it is. Yeah. What there did is. New Jack add to the wrestling industry? Brain damage from pretty much nearly killing everyone he'd re- he wrestled, jumping off high things, jumping yeah. off high things, and like you know, landing on concrete floors and blinding yeah. himself and in one eye and fracturing his own skull. Yeah. And I think like he's one of those guys who's like he's, he's like important to his company, so he, like he's important to ECW. But you can debate yeah. his wider impact on like the actual business. Apparently, his, his Smoky Mountain stuff apparently was fantastic. I saw a bit of that on the Dark Side of the Ring show. Like, um, did you watch that? The the, the Dark Side of the Ring from no. last year. It's, I would recommend it because like his stuff. Like, yeah, okay. when he kind of comes in as like you know basically like two kind of like hardcore gangster rappers into what is like an essentially a very white Smoky Mountain wrestling company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's really good. I think they tried to kind of capitalize on that into ECW. But they quickly, I think he kind of got swept up in the whole thing where ECW just became lads hitting each other with inappropriate equipment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. there's that period where ECW is like, like the kind of like the wrestling show, and it's all like all wicked wrestling. But I think very, like, I think, yeah, like it was by towards the end, it was like no, it's hardcore, and that kind of like subsumed everything else, and that became like what it was known for, wasn't it? You know, that's just my kind of gut Pretty feeling much. about ECW towards the end I think he kind of got kind of taken up in that wave where it was like he was kind of like that guy he was just let's hit somebody with a cookie sheet because why not which we'll get to in the actual yeah. show we're going to talk yeah, about yeah I think there's, there's a match which underlines all of ECW's <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. Um, I was very worried during the second match of the show, mainly because I thought, "Oh no, have I just picked a terrible show?" But it picks up. Yeah. It really, no, picks it, up. it definitely kind of goes a little bit like yeah. um, on the subject of New Jack. So we're starting on this whole topic for a cold open. Um, <laughs> I just think when you're saying he's like he, he he's an integral part of ECW, he's kind of part of the reason why they got hauled off pay per view for the first time. Mm. Well, because yeah. it decided to shred Mass Transit's face with a knife. <laughs> Just well, get the entire I mean, CW hauled off pay per view for barely legal. Did anybody see that amazing, yeah. amazing picture someone did of um, the was a, this the shot of um, the Boneyard match with the Undertaker and um, AJ Styles? You know, there's that bit of the match where like AJ's cheering and the Undertaker like, like rises up behind him. And like the, it was, like, yeah. mass tra- was it mass transit in yeah. heaven? And AJ then, Styles like mass Jack. transit in heaven. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, bad taste, but very well done. It was, you know, it was it hit <laughs> yeah. perfect. You gotta love the internet sometimes. No. Mm. And there's like Vic Grimes as well. He nearly killed Vic Grimes for yeah. real well, by launching him yeah. off a scaffold. I mean, that was for com- a spot. To be honest. 
Like that was all covered in, the, in that dark side of the ring show, like you know the um that the mass transit incident, the guy he stabbed on the Indies, like yeah. a few years oh, after yeah. that. Like all that's on there, and it's like it's. I would really recommend watching it because I think every, I don't think there's been a bad episode of the Dark Side of the Ring. I think all of them have been kind of you know they've been quite good at being you know they kind of celebrate the person, but I'm not too afraid of actually going. Actually, no, he's a bit of a douche. You know, what I mean, they kind of like they don't kind of hide those kind of edges. They just kind of you know present the no. person as he was. Which you know, actually, New Jack was probably the ultimate wrestling douche. <laughs> the Rick, the Rick Grimes match wasn't in ECW. The, the Rick well, Grimes it wasn't match in ECW, but it was it was XPW. <laughs> yeah, but it was still a case of apparently he didn't want to really take the bump on that high, and so uh, New yeah. Jack lifts him and then throws him off anyway. <laughs> like, you're going great so yeah. just like not only does the guy not want to take the bump in which case probably don't take the fucking bump yeah. but no yeah. have your opponent just literally <clears throat> legit launch you off it anyway and then you have yeah no idea so I believe it was, it was like um i think he's i think he said in the show like you know quick's not cocaine off he goes that's basically like where he was but you know he always just anyway new jack always has a it's sort of an element of being a bit of a tit as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the only one from ECW that has that reputation. Let's no, be he's not the only one, but he, was, he's, no. he seemed to get this entire career out of just nearly killing other people, yeah. which you kind of think isn't really conducive no. to a wrestling like I said, match. I think he's like, you know, you've got people to kind of represent the kind of the, the kind of like the high point of ECW, which probably be like, you know, um, like Rob Van Dam and Eddie Guerrero and those, uh, those sort of guys that they were aware of. You know, the kind of like the kind of really kind of good Japanese inspired wrestling, but New Jack is that other side where yeah. it's just like the outright violence, but kind of no real purpose. And shopping trolley full yeah. of weapons. And... I mean, they don't even yeah. play musical I, like anymore, to... do they? So, I mean, that's probably one of his greatest things he brought to it. Just call yeah, music well, his match. a little bit. Yeah, well, that was good chat, wasn't it? Look at that. That's brought the that was good chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've kind of had to skirt around the fact that I've you know just. Didn't like a person. Uh, you, uh, you hate New Jack, yeah. Didn't really have any interest <laughs> in him. Not well, quite. Didn't really quite understand all this guy. Kind of, he brought so much to the wrestling industry. Yeah, he brought really yeah. fucking dangerous shit what? to the wrestling industry. <laughs> now, I think like 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 you and said like the early smoking smoky um smoky mountain stuff. Like it, that was really good. So I think uh, I would recommend to kind of watch that documentary, kind of get a flavour of that early stuff because it's like it is like you know. I hate to say edgy, but like for the time it was, you can tell like he's really skating on stuff because it is like around the time of the Rodney King stuff when he's doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like oh, it's, course, yeah. he's getting like, you know, like absolutely like nuclear heat in some places kind of going in with that kind of stuff, which is, you know, mm. like you wouldn't, yeah. you, I don't think you would see that anywhere else at the time, kind of push the envelope that close to kind of reality. Um, even though we're, you know, we're quoting the reality era and that sort of stuff. And then what we we, we get, um, what they call retribution as like the kind of representative of that who retribution one of the biggest L's they took last year yeah and Mia Mia Yim's mask falls off yet she's not identified yeah we we might need to explain right off top that uh, Alan is not here tonight due to a scheduling yes. conflict with his <laughs> oh, yeah. he's, he's now like 20 minutes of chat with no mention of Alan until yeah, this yeah. point I'll he's, that way. Yeah. he's now post covid pub quiz has been resurrected so therefore, he's at that this evening and cannot join I us. I bet Alan is in like absolute hogs heaven now. The pubs are open properly again. Yes, you've you've. It's almost like you've bet him. Um, 
<laughs> he's just there. I'm wondering if I've talked to him for like once a month for like the last five years. Yeah. No, six years. No, yeah, seven six years. years. Something like yeah, seven. Yeah, it was 2014 we started this. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, he's he's quite chuffed that um, it, that started again because he can do Wednesday night pub quiz night. <laughs> and um, yeah, quite how like, that's going to I'm well chuffed. Yeah, as he says when he's in Wales. Um... Right. <laughs> <A> bit harsh. <laughs> I think my Jordy was that bad. But um, oh, Alan worked out. Kawasaki. Alan worked Karabusalata. out. That, uh, all right, all right. Stop. Al worked out that it was his pick next, which I really grove. hope it is. Because <laughs> don't start with Biker Grove. Be. Please don't start with Biker Grove. I'm going to tangent this. I just found out how Biker Grove ended. Do you know how Biker Grove oh, ended? Oh, God, this is exactly the conversation I had on Polar Spot last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Right. Honestly, it, I'm not listening to this. So is this going gonna... to involve the word, like, the other phrase, there's a T-Rex? There's a T-Rex in Oswald, isn't there? Yes! Was, I didn't know about that. Oh, my God. How are we naturally... This like, is I, I always, I, weird I do like vu. watching, the, like, the last episode of a show to see how it kind of, like, wraps itself up. And it just, to, to that one just kind of goes... Oh, we're in a TV show. There's a T-Rex and it explodes. Something doesn't it? And that's yeah, how it finishes. Like, all, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. Ballsy. That was just I like that. the the writers gave all the characters an opportunity to write themselves out the way they wanted to. Apparently, I've not seen this. I was getting looked at really odd last week recording Bowlist Box because I hadn't seen the ending of Biker Grove. And I'd, when Lee said, oh, there's a T-Rex that stomps on the grove, I was like, yeah, get lost. But no, mm-hmm. apparently it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an actual thing. So that that's next week. <laughs> yes, that's next month. But what's uh, tonight? What's tonight is I decided to continue our unofficial quest to find WCW shows that achieved the status of good, and I think <laughs> I have got a good one this not time great. around. Not brilliant. No, I'm, I'm setting good. the bar low. I'm setting the bar good, and if it happens to be great, that's a bonus. That's a okay, bonus. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So what so, is actually? Let me just double check. I just want to just double check before. What what is the actual highest WCW show in the list? Because we've done Jesus, I don't want a few now. Let's have a look. Uh, um, so we've got like there's, there's 34 on the list, and the highest WCW show is I think 24. No, actually, tell a lie. Number 12 is the highest one. Oh, which what one was that? Was that? And uh, number 12 was WCW Beach Blast 92. Oh, that was yeah, really last pick as well. Recent, yeah, that was fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. That's the 12th best one. So that, that was that's a good one, actually. You're aiming at now. All yeah, right, okay. That's my, that's my pick as well, so I'm going for two for two. <laughs> so, this month I present to the listeners of Geeky the Boars WCW Spring Stampede 1999 from the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington. April 11th, 1999. Yeah, which you can tell us that because they have a terrible graphic at the beginning of like the Stampede logo coming to the screen. And it's like, oh, it's not. (laughs) Is it? I was like, is this when they're kind of start running out of money? Because they can't afford like good things. 
this is the final show from my research that before the wheels came off all together with WCW. <laughs> so this was the final this... show before shit hit the fan. So this, has, uh, um, has Russo come over and joined the company? I think he's on his point. way. He came by in the November of 99, did he not? Yeah, so this is sort of... It's 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 not good. But, but it, is mean, like an, it is like the kind of weird, elongated WCW logo period as well. Yeah, that this is the... Terrible actually, logo. I wrote this in my, my thing at the beginning. I said, the WCW Ident I remember from watching WCW Night Show about two months behind on TCM on Sky back in the day. <laughs> so when Cartoon Network finished on a Friday night, I think it was about 8 o'clock it finished up and then TCM came on and I got Nitro that was months behind but I didn't care because yeah. it was wrestling yeah you know, I and it was this logo because when I saw the logo I thought oh my god this is this is what I remember it's it's shit but I remember it <laughs> I suppose that's one thing you, you kind of remember it because it's so bad it's quite amazing I'm not I think they were trying to like do the equivalent of the WWF scratch logo but failed miserably mm, they did they were shot that didn't they mm-hmm. and I was also just to kind of uh, put the show into context because this was April 99 wasn't it yeah so I kind of checked out what the WWF pay-per-views would have been at this time and it's between Wrestlemania 15, 15 yeah and and Backlash, backlash yeah the first Backlash mm. show which that, uh, yeah. that had Stone Cold on the Rock, I think is the main event for that match. With yep. Shane McMahon as the ref. Boiler Room Brawl. Oh, and God. WrestleMania 15, and that was what? Um, Kennel from Hell one, wasn't it? Uh, was no, Kennel from Hell came on a lot later. Kennel from Hell is yeah. more like the sort of September, October time. Oh, no, it's um, the boss man, Hell in the Cell, where he gets hung. That's the one. Yes, that's <laughs> the WrestleMania 15 where, where he gets. Yeah. Again, with okay. another rock, uh, rock Stone Cold main event. Yep. Mm. So it's like pretty much peak wrestling, isn't it? Yep. I'd say that's so. why I thought we'd see what was going on here. And I also would like to note that this show has nine matches on the card, so it already meets the first requirement of having less than ten matches, <laughs> as we've established. <laughs> right. That's a good point. So we get an opening montage, and it's actually nice because it actually shows you everyone that's going to be on the show. So you know kind of who it is you're going to see. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Uh-huh. And it's firmly placed in the time with its kind of new metal intro as well. Mm-hmm. I have got in here, though, they're saying that um, WCW intro packages kind of really paled in comparison to the WWF ones. Well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It was nowhere, they were nowhere near as good as the WWF ones. <laughs> I maintain to this day one of the best hype packages I've ever seen was the WrestleMania X7 Rock vs. Stone Cold one. Yes, it's Limp Biscuit, but it's just, well, it is. works oh, yeah, so it's, well. It's just brilliant. That's... It's just amazing. What I you stated it. there, Ewan, is like, an actual fact. Yes, yes it is. You know, I do occasionally have them. The sky is blue, the sun's <laughs> in the sky, that promo is the best one ever. It's just yes. like an actual scientific fact. I remember watching that at the time. It was I was so excited to see that. Yeah. That I saw this video and just went, I, I must have this. The way they used to kind of quite a bit of the song and mm-hmm. tie it into like the visual stuff. It's like oh, it's, it's one of the greatest bits of editing you'll see in anything. I'm oh. including all, all media in that. Yeah. I mean, yep. You could maybe argue the um, running up that hill, Shawn Michaels one. That's, that's good as well. Very, that's a very close second. But that the yeah that one from WrestleMania 17, oh. like, that's just the best. It's just, it just yeah. is. Isn't that, is, there's, no, there's no argument, there's no debate. 
How different would go. that have been, though, had they used the original Kate Bush version, not the placebo one? Look at them, different, like, different timber to the whole. Feed yeah, I think one. I would have, it would have a yeah. different ring, uh, resonance, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so we cut to our commentary desk, which has Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and visiting from WCW Nitro. I mentioned that. So visiting from WCW Thunder. I mentioned that because there's many references to it throughout the entire show. Mr. Mike Tenay. Huzzah, Mike Tenay, <laughs> who's often seen as the most kind of like, you know, uh, straight guy in a wrestling commentary team. But he um, also comes out. With a, tonight. He, he also comes out as a perler in this one, where, in the first match, where he does mm-hmm. it in the words, "Neither man is afraid to pin the other." That handy. I, I, I literally wrote that as well, but we're, we're jumping ahead. So we go to the, the desk and they're hyping up the main event, which I won't go into. But we go to our first match, which is a just a regular singles match with the caveat of the winner of this match gets a shot at the Cruiserweight title tomorrow night on Nitro. So this was back in the era where pay-per-view matches really didn't matter because all it was doing was setting up the following night on free TV. Yeah. Which I, never made sense to me. I always thought this was really backwards. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is that kind of like it's the period where it's switching between like the TV show being a product rather than the pay view, isn't it? Obviously, at this point, the pay view is still making that that's probably your kind of big earner. Yeah. But it's like it's that switch to where it's like it's the revenue being bought in with those TV deals. That's the thing that kind of drives the company. Yeah. Until you get to the point where, you know, was it was it you know, the billion dollar deal for SmackDown and that sort of stuff we got, got a couple of years ago? Mm. It's that I think it's starting to go like that switch is starting to go that way, isn't it? Which kind of, you know, Makes sense yeah. why you would drive people towards the TV, but like your pay per view still where you're making your money at this point. That's still where the, the kind of big bucks are made. Well, that's it, yeah. So our two combatants in this match is Human to Guerrero and one Blitzkrieg, who is from the Outer Cosmos, and people say Chris Statlander's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> can't think people of it. have been like billed from anywhere for ages, haven't they? So you can't just say, oh, just because she says he's an alien, oh, that's rubbish. Yeah, but, yeah. But, like. So take that, JR. Anyway, Blitzkrieg is essentially a low-rent Jushin Thunder Liger looking at him. <laughs> I think yes, that's fair. that's probably yeah. fair to say, yep. And uh, during Blitzkrieg opening, uh, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Keenan just bury Thunder six feet under the earth for no reason. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, that's not really helping to build anything, it's but good, okay. It's good to hear brain though, isn't it? Because even like this is yes. probably like, way past his heyday, he's still good. Like, there's a bit where they're kind of talking about concussions. Super Kello suffered a second-degree concussion. So when we talk about high risk from these cruiserweights, we mean it. Who cares? I didn't even realize there was a thunder this past week. Did you bring? There was one? No, I was busy this week. I've been out on the boat, just busy. Yeah. I think at one point, Shimona comes out with a line saying, you know, Mike today usually going to Sabisco duty. I just wrote down, fuck me, that's brutal. Vicious <laughs> <laughs> insult. They do spend a lot of time in this match talking about Hogan, though. Yes. It's like, it's not he's not even there in the morning no. time, but no, we'll spend a no. lot of time you waffling on about Hulk Hogan. But he was there in the past. But um, the first the first note I wrote down was, it's nice to watch wrestling without 100 cuts a minute. True, <laughs> yeah, 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 which would yeah. be very, very tempting to do during this sort mm-hmm. of cruiserweight match because of that many sort of flippy exactly. do's. But, um, yeah, it is relatively sane. <laughs> the camera yeah. watching this. 
it's it's lovely and as Cameron already mentioned we have the line neither man is afraid to pin each other and I wrote down how the fuck else are they going to win then Mike yes yeah. exactly yeah. it's just like such a weird for all Mike Tenet often is the guy that knows the moves and the guy that studies Japanese wrestling the guy you know the mm-hmm. knowledge of the tactical side of wrestling blah 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 and can present it as a serious kind of sporting contest he doesn't have to come up with some rubbish lines sometimes he does he does now I would like to point out that Blitzkrieg was not originally just known as Blitzkrieg he was originally known as Alex Wright no he was originally known as the fabulous Blitzkrieg which is a much better name wow. oh yeah the fab- why would you dump that I don't know you know I, I know what it was I know what it was Moolah came in with a gimmick infringement oh. and this guarantee it well I was thinking Mr. Wonderful but never mind yeah maybe that's true maybe that's well you know the fabulous blitzkrieg that sounds like a finisher though rather than an actual wrestling it really wrestling. does yeah it does actually yeah. he's hit him with the fabulous blitzkrieg from the top rope <laughs> <That> sounds good <laughs> 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 fabulous blitzkrieg <laughs> yeah don't, don't say that the onbox will invent that next week probably yeah <laughs> Christ it's also the first time in my life I've ever seen a surfboard reverse into a pinfall attempt <laughs> Yes, that was pretty was... neat, actually. I, I love that. I Flip up in the air, so spin round, and then fall back down at your opponent to try and pin him. I was happy oh. to see a surfboard. Then I saw that reversal. I just went, all right, this match is amazing. I don't care what else happens now. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. it's there's, there's quite a state. I mean, Blitzkrieg goes at a very slow pace for a kind of lucha mm-hmm. guy, I've noticed. But which is, that was okay. I didn't mind it. Mm. They also point out he's only two months into his career at this point. That's all he is, aren't he? Really? That's what he, that says in commentary. Is only two months into his oh, yeah, WCW yeah, career. I just assume that. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of thought, oh, maybe it must have been like around the indie scene a bit longer or something, or around the, you know the kind of uh, Mexican yeah. scene maybe a bit longer. But he's, yeah, he's not like you know the the the, the um, smoothest guy at this point, is he? That's no. The... <laughs> no, but I think that's, that's why match. That's why Hoovy was there because Hoovy could make the match smooth as yeah. hell. I mean, he, he hits a no hand suicide dive at one point, which was just beautiful. Mm. Is this the bit where um, Hubie drop kicks Blitzkrieg when Blitzkrieg dives off the apron? Yes. So on the outside, you know, Hubie just yes. like drop kicks him out of midair. That looked pretty <laughs> neat. Yeah. Also, does anyone did anyone else notice that the WCW mat sounds like it's made of stone? Almost eight years now as a pro for Juventud Guerrero, while Blitzkrieg realistically is still a rookie, just two months associated with World Championship Wrestling. Oh, brainbuster! A lot of wrestlers do say that WCW mats had no give in them. Yeah. It sounded like that. I'm trying to remember who it was. <laughs> I, I saw just... an interview with and he said that, you know, had he... I think it might have been X-Pac. He did say something like, you know, when he was in WCW for a couple of years, it probably did more, like, injury-wise to him than, you know, in the WF rings, hmm. which were a tiny bit softer. Like, the, kind of the Bret Hart era WWF ring was meant to be, like, just, like, nails, wasn't it? It meant to be, like, then they kind of loosened it, I guess, as he, yeah. like, they kind of moved on. Mm. But the, that that ring itself, like it's, it seems really weird because like the whole thing just seems really grey. It's got like grey ropes. Mm-hmm. You got the kind of grey ring canvas, and like the whole crowd seems to be wearing grey. It just kind of like <laughs> just kind of all kind of blurs into one of us. It's not much kind of lighting on the ring. I probably it kind of says like a lot about the. Um, I think we talked about the kind of WCW reduction before, never quite being like on point compared to yeah. the kind of WWF stuff. Yeah, there was always an element of it. There was always yeah. that kind of like tinge of you know. Southern wrestling about WCW. Yeah. 
yeah, that wasn't yeah, like the sophisticated yeah. up north television product, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Very sophisticated. Wow, Colin, Colin, Colin 1999 WWF sophisticated. Yeah, that's about the only time, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. But in, in, in comparison. That's it, that's what he's going to back down on. But the, the, the kind of visual bit just being like, you know, the kind of grey gray ring, it doesn't seem like, it does nothing kind of like, make nothing kind of pops off the screen while you're watching it, which, you know, is yeah. like a daft thing to say. But when you kind of get the, um, the kind of, you know, there's no separation between the audience and the visuals and that stuff. And it's all kind of like a bit flat and a bit kind of gray, gray smear, which is, you know, not ideal. No. But um doesn't detract from the match. I just kind of noticed it. And I kind of, I really kind of felt the smallness of the ring as well. Because yeah, the WCW ring was smaller than the WWF one, wasn't it? By about yeah. two, three feet or something. I think two it was feet, like, a, was, yeah. yeah, two feet. Because I think WWF used 20 by 20 and then WCW using 18 by 18. Yeah. yeah, he goes for a Hoovy driver and Blitzkrieg reverses it into one of the best 2.99 pins I've seen in a while. Yeah, that was pretty awesome that bit. Like I, I literally thought that was him. But then, how does Hoovy reward him for his efforts so far? He just murders him with a super Hoovy driver from the top rope. That just looked absolutely fucking brutal. Yeah, <laughs> good though. Just cracking end of it, it though. It was good, and it got the crowd up and the I I screamed because I just thought we've just witnessed the death of Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg has fallen. <laughs> Two months into his career, and he's dead. Yeah, he is dead. And uh, Hoovy goes on to Nitro the following night. Mm, but, exactly. Uh, this is this is a typical WCW opening match. They just throw the cruiserweights out there. They just do cool shit, and the fans get up for it. Yeah, I'd say we've always seen a sort of these, even sort of the first sort of feel I and mean, we did like Beach Blast 92 it's a tradition throughout the 90s I think of just like WCW putting on like belters of cruiserweight matches for their openers yep. that go about 15-20 yep. minutes at least and you yeah. know they're really kind of you know it's it's a good watch I enjoyed the opening match of this so how do you go from a high flying match between two reasonably chiseled gentlemen well you go to two large gentlemen just hitting each other with shit. We go to a hardcore match involving Bam Bam Bigelow versus Hack, otherwise known as the Sandman, with Chastity in his corner. Um, This, this, I, where do we start um, with this match? Well, Brain, obviously we go to probably Brain here, and he summed it up with the best way of describing it as the Battle of the Custodians. Yes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Because your um, boy, so, your boy Hack comes down with like, is it like a shopping trolley just full of stuff? No, he comes out with a barbed wire table. It's uh, Bam Bam comes out with the, the oh, shopping trolley and box full of goodies. Yeah, it all kind of gets like, kind of chucked into the ring and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah. wow, they're uh, for a second match. They're really kind of pushing this one, aren't they? Yeah, it's pointed out that Chastity is actually Raven's sister in storyline, to which I just wrote down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, odd. So you, I like that. You've got that going as well. Um, I decided that hack is a WWE 2021 gimmick because hack really. Apparently, it's just a nickname he had, but it's fucking terrible for a name for something. Not a good wrestling name, is it? It's just literally H A K. They really didn't put much thought into his music either, did they? They just kind of just grabbed whatever. WCW never really did. Yeah, it was terrible. It was bad. And then, like um. The, the opening bit where they kind of start they start outside the ring obviously of course and it's like a, because it's stampede there's like a stagecoach like yes I assume you both of you guys noticed the thing just kind of rock back and yes. forth like, like, like a good foot before I we thought, jumped off I, it I thought both men were going to die 
Yes, it just does not look steady at all. Uh-oh. No. Um, be- before that, we get the fantastic line from uh, Mr. Heenan says, table onto the stagecoach. Why not? <laughs> I, just wrote down, I just wrote down, I love you, Heenan. Yeah. There's a bit of grass with the, so they cut these, they, they, they start coming back up the, um, the aisle. And I think like, Bam Bam grabs like Hack's face, like he's trying to rip his cheeks out of something. Mm. And like, he just starts like waving his hands in the air, like yes. trying to get out. And I think I, I wrote down as like he looked, he looked like a cat who's trying to get trying to be like let back in scratching at a door. <laughs> <laughs> like just these his paws just kind of like flopping around. And it's like it's not really selling, it's like it looks terrible. No, it's it, it's more just sort of flailing, but uh it's not it's not great. But I mean the match is fucking atrocious but the commentary team are making the match more entertaining by not paying any attention to it and just having oh, really it yeah, just kind of just what just kind of what letting this kind of rolling kitchen yeah. sink fest just happen in front of them aren't they yeah oh, what have i got down my notes are still not made it into the ring ring they're covered in shit both men are gassed <laughs> as fuck already yeah <laughs> announced teams are just ripping each other and the participants this is glorious <laughs> And there's like there's a bit I think I think I can't remember. Someone gets hit over the head with a bin, and Tony Schwan is like, "Yeah, it's only aluminium. It's not going to hurt." I think the uh, the least lethal of all of these items would have to be that uh, that trash can. It's aluminum. It does have some give to it. It makes a a a great sound when it hits you up against the head. But if you really want to hurt somebody, you know you got to go for bricks. Yeah, use the crutch. Use the kendo star. Why not use another tape? Oh, there's also a spot where the fans get nuclear for a ladder versus a guardrail. I just wrote down, is this DDT? Am I watching a Japanese show right now? <laughs> That's going nuts. And then, like, just to give, like, a quick quote from commentary, I think um, someone says to Brain, oh, you've been to Vancouver? And he replies, why? Have you seen something on my clothes? <laughs> it's just so fucking good. And so... I wrote down, yeah, commentary is not helping this match. <laughs> no. Not really, no. So the the sort of opening sequence, thankfully, is uh, I think Chastity throws the fire extinguisher into the ring. Bigelow uses it on Chastity. Um, he hits Hack with a Russian leg sweep onto the guardrail, and that then hits Greetings from Ash. That. that doesn't look no. nice. Can no. we can we also point out that when you say Bam Bam Bigelow uses the fire extinguisher on Chastity? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. He, he well well uh, the, the the problem is where he was going. <laughs> Well, yes, he was going I to think a very that... intimate, special place with that. Yes, I think he was... Aye. I think there might have been an HR department alert for that one, to be honest, <laughs> if we were no, going... Not in 99, Cameron. You can imagine if it True. was... True. I'd like to think there wasn't a fire there, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So, eventually, we get a greetings from Asbury Park from the top rope for a table, which looked brutal, and all also, he managed to get hacked to land on the fire extinguisher for a bonus prize. Yeah, <laughs> why not? And I would like to note the one and only cover in this entire disaster of a match was the Digi Count. Oh yeah, so it was. There was there was not a single attempt at a pinfall until the finish. So I I summed this up with the following two lines: "What a fucking mess of a match." Crowd kind of reacts to finish. This is Shane for both men are going to hurt tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a lot, but like, and I'm not even sure quite what the feud was that necessitated quite the hardcore match. 
Um, was it just like who's the most hardcore? Is that essentially that what was, it was? That was that was literally it was basically who is the hardest core man in WCW and the the guardrail. Yeah, the guardrail <laughs> wins. All the time. Never yeah. mess with the guardrail. As as we got announced, I did see the winner was Bam Bam Bigelow, but uh, as Bobby Heenan put it, it was Bam Bam Bigelow volunteer fireman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is... And this whole conversation led to probably the conversation piece of the evening. And there's your winner, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, volunteer fireman. Oh, fans, come on, have a clue. Don't try this in your backyard. Try it in your living room. It's more fun. <laughs> try it in Tony's living room. Yeah. You'll never know. We do it all the time. <laughs> Died to laughter. That was God quite good. God bless him. Yeah, we've had one banger of a match. We've had one disaster of a match. How do we follow that up? A match that no one gives two fucks about. <laughs> no, I have put on here this this one. No one, the crowd do not give a toss and, at all. And this was the a bonus match that was added to the show for some unknown reason. My um, my kind of, I think the main like impressive thing I take away from this match is like like how quickly they got the ring cleared of all the crap that was in it from the last match. <laughs> They just changed the mat. They just lifted up the mat, tied it up, and put it and just threw it out. Yeah, that was it. Job done. <laughs> Got a new mat. But the match we're talking about is Mikey Whitbrick against Scotty Riggs, and the crowd pretty much sum up my opinion of this entire match, where they just turned boring and mercilessly throughout. Wow, Riggs, a little bit different than we have seen him. Whitbrick goes in to hook it up. Riggs comes away with a scoop slam that time. Nicely done. Drop toe hold there. Walks across. Whitbrick to showboat to the fans. Gotta look good. Because Scotty's just kind of like, he's easy to do like a lot of flex in his match, if I remember right. Yeah. I have written down here that it's Triple H and Val Venus's love child. <laughs> that's wow. what that that's what I was getting from this. That is. I mean you're not wrong. No, that's just above my capital letter line of no one cares. I wrote very little for this match because there was really nothing much to write. Um, I pointed to the fact that there's a Mikey Whiplash sign in the crowd, which is like Mike Whiplash, Whipwreck. God damn it, I did a Cameron. Whipwreck, Whipwreck. Damn it, <laughs> did a Cameron. God damn it. You can't mention Mikey Whiplash, he's been cancelled. Oh God, that's true. Um, Do you see? We're back to that again. Yeah. There we go. I, I wrote down that the... Both men during their entrances got what I akin to a, a golf course applause. You know, just like, yeah, people, what Yay, are you doing here? Look at it's... you two. Way well done. You've done it. You've both <laughs> done a wrestle. Yeah. I mean, my um, ECW history is not the hottest, but I, you know, I know Mikey Whipwreck was a, was like an ex-champion at this point. Yes. So, yes. like, I assume he was kind of well liked when he was in ECW, and you know, I don't know if it was. Yeah, you know, like you know, Mike also come across kind of burnt like all the bridges when he left. I don't know if it was the same for yeah. Whitbreak. No, the story of Mikey Whitbreak was he was one of the ring crew in ECW and he was messing about one day. He sort of got the chance to mess about in the ring. And what essentially happened was he was taken under the wing of Cactus Jack when he was visiting uh -huh. WCW. Yeah. And eventually Cactus Jack and Mikey Whitbreak got in a variety of more and more violent matches throughout where the main storyline was Cactus was so excited that he could possibly get this small child killed um, and <laughs> then 
initially through a lot of toil, Whitbrick won the ECW Championship and got his happy ending. And I think that's where he got a lot of goodwill because a lot of fans saw this lovable loser who just lost and lost and lost, but then got on a hot streak, then got in this tag team with Cactus Jack. And yeah. it was really sort of a, a homegrown ECW character, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it sounds like that kind of, you know, that kind of not typical underdog story, but it's like that kind of lovable loser who goes on a winning streak and might win the belt. Yeah. You know, it's, I suppose it's like, you know, what kind of what they did with like Sami Zayn in NXT and that sort of thing, isn't it? It's like that guy, like, you don't, you, you know, quote, shouldn't be there, shouldn't be, he yeah. shouldn't be the champion, that, but who does get it and the crowd kind of hopefully gets behind him. I suppose, you know, also, um, kind of mankind getting the belt in the, well, you know, in the next year or two is that similar kind of thing, isn't it? Where it's like somebody who, yeah. you yeah. know, gets yeah. elevated to that position and wins it and kind of mm-hmm. more through the kind of goodwill of the crowd more than anything else. I think if these days, you know, back then it was a case of the character was that presented that way to the audience and that's the way that the audience took them as this kind of like, you know, underdog kind of thing. Whereas now these yeah. days you're effectively told that they're underdogs. And then told that they should be ridiculed for being underdogs. I'm thinking Daniel Bryan, mostly, especially yeah. after you know last month when we did Money in the Bank 2011, and there was like, um, you know, <laughs> you sense. get on commentary, it's always like that's the change now. Whereas that is kind of more of an organic thing in 1999. Uh, nowadays, it's like, oh, you have to be told that this person's an absolute loser, kind of thing, and it's <laughs> rubbish. But like with him coming across to WWE, like like at this period with like the, with who we know is in charge, like you can't see that story happening here at all, no. can you? No, absolutely not. He, uh, most people left ECW for money because, well, as we all know, Paul Heyman wasn't the greatest at paying his talent sometimes. Yeah, mm, no, a lot of check bouncing. <laughs> probably especially around about 1999, a lot of check bouncing going on. On yeah, was there not some horrendous amount of money that when ECW folded, Rob Van Dam worked out how much money Paul Heyman owed him, and it was something absolutely horrendous, like it was absurd, something yeah. like fifty grand or something like that. So, as you can probably tell from our conversation here, this match was uh, terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. I, I mean, it happened. I saw it last week, and I'm still forgotten about it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the finish is Scotty Riggs hits a forearm and gets a three count, to which I just wrote, fuck this match. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just out of nowhere, just this little kind of tiny wee forearm that then yeah. results in a pin. Uh, it's, it's So we are we are sort of two okay match. well, okay, one, good, one great match, one eh, match, and one absolute fail. So we've got all three levels of match. <laughs> it has so far. wildly so far. swung. <laughs> yes. So how do we follow up that absolute mess of a match? Well, we go to Conan versus everyone's favourite dickhead, Disco Inferno. When you say everyone's favourite dickhead, mm, yeah. I wouldn't even call him my favourite anything. <laughs> Ouch. He's, he's just an asshole. I, yes, I don't like him at yes. all. He seems to be... Disco Inferno is really weird in the fact that nowadays, you, you, to listen to him now, you'd think he had some sort of top-level wrestling career that, you know, main event yes. of WrestleMania and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, no, no mate, you weren't that great. No, he's a... Uh... He was, yeah, mid-card at best, wasn't he? Even though I think at this point he's representing like the NWO, which I think everybody was at this point, weren't they? I'm pretty sure I was in the NWO. Well, this, this is this is like NWO Wolfpack, isn't it? It's the difference between NWO oh, Wolfpack and yeah. NWO Black and White, and it's got to that kind of <laughs> mess of a stage when the NWO just got too big and imploded, and the, the solution was let's create a second NWO because that worked out well. Yeah, and it was just yeah, like, let's just have more people. I think they just wanted to have some sort of well, a sell more T-shirts. 
and B, have some sort of really obvious dividing line down the end of UO. Yeah. So, I, was just, I was just checking, like, his uh, Wikipedia page to see, like, how long he was with WCW. Like, he started, mm-hmm. like, about 95. But do you know he was in a tag team just before he joined the NWO Wolfpack? Go on. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I don't remember. He was in a tag team with Alex Wright. That's it. Oh. Do you know what the tag team was called? Um, uh, Disco Bavaria? No. <laughs> Go no. on. The Dancing Fools. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they were they were the Dancing Fools, also called the Dancing Idiots and Boogie <laughs> Nights. Nights with a K. Oh yeah, because that name's related to the other two. Yeah. Right. And the okay. pair reunited. They were called Boogie Nights. Wonderful. Wonderful. The Dancing Fools. That sounds about right. Yes. So the, there is a video package before this match, which I just wrote as cringe. I wrote down, why does this match get graphics? I don't know. What's, what's that about? But uh, I did like the fact that Conan gets a nice pop, nice pop from the crowd when he comes out. You know, it's it's nice to see somebody we actually care about. <laughs> I don't know and, what this one. Uh, I wrote like. the following note here. I fucking hate Disco Inferno. What a douche with a cowboy hat. Yeah, uh, what does um? I'm maybe just not down with the kids these days. But what the hell does straight up strawberry mean? I'm glad you asked, Cameron, because I had to look this up as well, and I have the definition from our dictionary for you. Oh right, oh, amazing! Right, let's go. Because Conan um gets into the ring and they they was Conan gets a mic and starts calling Inferno a scrub and a strawberry, and I thought no, I've heard that term before. So we turn to the ever loving resource of, of Urban Dictionary. All right. Okay. Which comes up with the following. Strawberry. A strawberry, a delicious fruit, despite it being called a berry. It can be quite large. Strawberries typically are very tart and sweet. They are recognizable due to their red heart shape and its many visible seeds covering its outside. Strawberry. A prostitute. A woman who sells her strawberry for money. The money earned will then be used towards purchasing drugs and then the process repeats. Wow. Right. Yeah. I've not heard that one before. So Disco Inferno is a straight up strawberry. Do they come oh, wow. in punnets as well? <laughs> they might do in some areas, I don't know. Okay. Hmm. How does how does like the pick your own strawberry thing work with that? <laughs> well Well to be honest, they've probably all got some kind of S T D so you know, take your pick. <laughs> take your pick, yeah. Yeah, I think so, um, the only thing I was really surprised about this match was the fact that uh, Disco Inferno basically uses a stunner at the end of the match. Yes, he does. Which He's... I was like, huh, there's a thing. The only the only noble thing I wrote down about this match is that Conan won with Disco Inferno's chart buster, which I just thought was lovely. I thought, that's great. Just <laughs> F this guy over entirely with his own finisher. Yeah, and the whole feud is basically like Disco Inferno didn't like Conan's rapping song. And yeah, that's that where was... the whole kind of feud it started. It is essentially disco versus hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And also, kind of, throughout, like, when it was kind of like uh, when you had Conan on the mic and stuff, I was kind of thinking, uh huh, like in about, like this doesn't seem like it's getting that over, but in like about four or five years, like this, like a, a doctor of thugonomics will probably do a similar thing and end up being quite big. <laughs> well, there you go. No, no, I don't mean that way, but Cena's rap phase was like a tiny, tiny portion of his career, though. Sadly. You know. <laughs> But this was a guy who was in the development leagues pretending to be a robot, so, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, isn't it? Whereas these days he's just programmed to apologise to China. 
Whoa! I saw that Mandarin as well. Fair, you know, fair play to him. Well, yeah, if you can do it in Mandarin, then that's fine. But yeah, <laughs> still. God, when are we going to get that Chinese audience for the uh, for the film money? You got to do it. I'm afraid. Yeah, got to do it. Got to do well, it. Yeah. Well, you get no Chinese bad guys these days. I can't wait to see uh, Saudi Arabia's apology for everything, really. But (laughs) we can but hope. Anyway, so we've had two kind of blah matches in the middle. I think that's very fair. Mm -hmm. So how does WCW reward us for putting up with a hardcore match that was just a hot mess and two matches where we could give less of a fuck about anyone involved. Well, the answer is the WCW Cruiserweight Championship match with defending champion Rey Mysterio Jr. defending against Billy Kidman in a match where tag team champions, because these men were the tag team champions at the time, were going to collide. That whole thing about them tag team champions, I'm going to come on to the next match because that seems dark. But this is a good match though, isn't it? It is. The only thing I wrote down, and I'll read this verbatim. This is in all caps, by the way. Oh, fuck me. This is the unmasked Rey Mysterio. Fuck WCW and this stupid decision. He does look weird without a mask, doesn't he? Yes. Is it because he looks about 12? Yes. Because he looks about like a 12-year-old boy on the streets of Mexico. <laughs> it's just... Pretty much, the, yeah. The, you know, the mask might have helped have been when he, he does like a hurricane run on the outside and bangs yes. his head off the steps. Yeah. How would a mask might have kind of taken the edge off that a little bit? Exactly. This match also contains a lot of plugging for Nitro. I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noted down that I like the WCW Cruiserweight Championship design, the belt. Yeah, it was a bad one, was it? I don't remember it, actually. It's, I, I don't remember it's... it being particularly bad either, so... No, I think when you compare it to like what... with WCW, you had like the big gold belt. Yes. And then everything after that was like like a pretty big step down, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? Um, yeah, because obviously the big gold belt was the overall goal. And I think that's what's been lost now when you've got the United States Championship, which is basically just a giant belt that says United States on it. This is America. This is America. <laughs> That's what, that's what it says. And you've got the tag team belts, which are just two fucking pennies. Two giant pennies, yeah. Yeah. It still makes no sense why those aren't gold. It's like it's supposed to be gold. They're like it's... I know. It's like you're these, this is your top level champions of the tag team division, and you give them the yeah, third yeah. place medal. Well done. As, as we're on belts chat uh, briefly, uh, what do we think of the redesign of the IWGP belt? I don't... I understand why it is the way it is, but I don't like it. Yeah. It's, it's not grown on me yet. Like, I can, yeah, like, like you say, like, I understand why they did it, and they get the, mm-hmm. the kind of design, because it kind of, like, it looks like a belt they had previously, doesn't it? It's kind of taking inspiration from about it's three different belts or something. a combination of, like, two or three different belts, but unlike when All Japan took the three belts that made up the Triple Crown and combined it into one belt, that actually works, whereas this looks like mm. an eight-year-old... Sniffed some glue and just drew the most outlandish thing I could think of, and they yeah. just went, "Hi, that'll do." The fact is that like he's not a million miles away from the shelf of like um, Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo. I think that's what's kind of like <laughs> that's what's kind of sitting on edge. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Is, it, is this the New Japan belt that's one butterfly away from? Yes, it has the same sort of shape to it as the old Divas belt, which is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was surprised they merged the the, the the Intercontinental and the the main belt. Anyways, that seems a bit of a strange decision. But I'm know. I'm not because it, they never really should have had that belt in the first place. I get why they had it, but you don't need 
more than the belts they have. They've already got the heavyweight belt. They've got that. They've got, they've got the, the never one as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that's just kind of sub belt, isn't it? Yeah. The light so heavyweight. They have a light heavyweight belt. No. Well, no, they do. They decide. They do. I tell a lie. They do. They do have the light heavyweight belt. Yeah. No. That makes so... sense. Sorry, as we were in kind of belt corner, I thought we'd have a quick chat about that. Belt no, corner. <laughs> belt corner. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you belt corner, but you need to get the only fans for that. <laughs> that is true. Um, uh, my, my, my brain highlight of the match was when he starts complimenting uh, Ray Mysterio for all the pockets on his trousers. You know, the pants. Yeah. I got about six or seven pockets in there. Can you imagine loading those things up with all kinds of. Illegal objects. Would that be fun to do? Well, you could load one up and not even really have to take it out of your pocket. Just load your pocket. Just load your pocket and whack him with your leg, right? You may be giving half and Bam Bam Bigelow. They don't, oh, <laughs> I don't think they, they need to have any new ideas. Any new ideas from us. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, I don't know if he used it at WWF, but like his bulldog from the top row looked really good. I think he did it. Like, he didn't do it very often, but when he did do it, it was good. But like as a finisher, obviously, like he's got other flashier stuff. But like, um, mm. and I think doesn't like Kidman like reverse that a bit nicely at some point to another move or something. Does he do it it's like a um, power bomb or something? I can't remember. What he does yeah, now. he does a running board. He does a running uh, border toss at one point. Where Mysterio's uh, already damaged head just collides <laughs> with the bat, <laughs> which I just wrote down. Yeah. That probably felt nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like you, you can clearly tell like these two have like a bit of chemistry, and they kind of you know both similar kind of styles that mesh really well together, which is. You know, unsurprising yeah, was, considering their tag team partners at the same time. Well, that that was it. That was the beauty of the match that they were building it up in the commentary as well. That you know these guys know each other inside and out, so it was really going to be difficult to see mm. who could come out on top. It wasn't as obvious that oh Mysterio is going to retain. Well, no, because Kidman knows absolutely everything that Mysterio can do. Because well, I, in an idea world, they train together, they obviously wrestle together, so they they know what each other's thinking. And that was the beauty of the match. That yeah. it was almost like a chess match when you think about it I quite enjoyed this one as well actually to be fair this is probably so far the best match uh, that's that's fair I, I'd agree it's not yeah. quite match the night for me that's coming up but mm. it's it's Ooh. the best one so far I have got in the notes on you that it goes a little bit too long it does and I th- I think that's because it was the, the the whole it's a championship match a match should only go as long as the match should go it doesn't matter if it's for a belt it doesn't matter what it's for if a match has hit its peak just go out in the peak don't wait for the crescendo downwards because then mm. it's just going to be a flat meh finish yeah yeah my uh, my high point of the finish was the ref doing like a good jump over the two of them to get, to get yeah. into the pitting position <laughs> it was incredible I was like that when you see like a ref do like a big massive leap to get into position it's like yes mm-hmm. so Mysterio wins with a what was that top rope top rope oh, head scissors that was that top row Hagarana. There you go. For the three yeah. count. So Mysterio retains all as well. <laughs> all is round with the world. Yeah. Until we we go to our next match, which is the as the WWE Network put it down, Raven and Perry Saturn in a tag team match. <laughs> yes, because we cannot mention <laughs> he who should not be named. He so, who shall not be named. The actual match is redacted and Dean Malenko with our Anderson in the corner versus the tag team that I didn't quite understand why they existed, Raven and Perry Saturn. Because the commentary team understand why why they exist either. But Perry Saturn's part of the flock, isn't he? Yes. I don't so, know. Um, and your other two are part of the two parts of the Horsemen, which I forgot 
both yes. of them were part of the Horsemen at this point. They were. Yeah, Which, they you know, kept updating the Horsemen. Yeah. So this was this was this match was set up over a few weeks where Raven and Saturn cost. Uh, it's Benoit. It's Chris Benoit we're talking about, folks. Yeah. yeah. Chris Benoit and Malenko, the tag belts, and that's what set up this match. My first note in this match: Why is Dean Malenko wearing a girdle? I do not know. <laughs> but that's what it looks like. He needs to. My my issue with this match, right? Like, like yeah, you, you kind of go through that kind of this the the back and forth between the two of them, you know. Um, yeah, they're crossing the belts and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like at some point, just before this match, they took the belts off. Who was it? Was it Malenko and Benoit had the belts? Yeah. Yeah, they, and they moved the belts over to Kidman and Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. taking the belts away from this match. And it seems like it's quite done recently because like they see on commentary, oh, we thought this match was going to be for the belts. So why would you take the belts out of this hot feud match where it would be like a good thing to kind of have it involved in that? And move the belts onto a tag team. You you're gonna have fight each other rather than have a feud with another tag team. Because WCW. Because That's WCW. Exactly yeah. my yeah. That's exactly why I wrote down. And we wonder <laughs> why two years later they're what, out of business. What is the benefits of taking the belts out of this match? I don't. I just don't get. It. Why would you move it to another tag no, this, team? This would have, it, it would have added belts. a completely like good dimension to have the belts in this match as well yeah like the match is still good like the stakes are kind of good and all that sort of thing. but like oh, you yeah. can put the belts in, have the belts in the mix as well i mean this is my surely that's just gonna make it better this is my personal match of the night yeah okay i can see I, that i i i really yeah. enjoyed this match apart from the ending well yeah <laughs> yeah because it that, yeah. slightly we'll, we'll get to it in a minute but it, it, it makes as an age for well, me, it? no logical sense <laughs> Yeah. No. When these kind of fellas come to the ring, it does feel like the kind of it seems a bit harsh for the, rest of the matches, but it does feel like the kind of the, the proper guys have showed up. Yeah, the the men you know are what here. I mean? Like we're going to do like a real match now. We've got some real mm. proper guys in this ring to do some real proper work. It's like you know, all of them again. You know, talking about people who kind of made that early ECW period like as hot as it was. You've got was Saturn there as well, wasn't he? he was there with he Perry Saturn? He was yes. Mm-hmm. So you probably got like four of the people who kind of really kind of made ECW's reputation for wrestling, like yeah. in one match. So it kind of yeah. no surprise that it's going to be a banger, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's. I, I wrote down Dean Malenko never ages. He is an android because having seen him recently in um, AEW, yes, yep. the man is timeless. I don't know how he does it, but well done. Um, Raven and Saturn are white hot with this crowd. They yeah, love I- this duel. I like how they come out both carrying the same table. Yes. You know, I'm not sure about Saturn's weird kind of, you know, girdle skirt thing. Well, That's a we, weird get, look. we get to that where Bobby Heenan points out what has Saturn got on? Mud flaps. <laughs> Mud flaps, yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, there's uh, a very, I think, I can't remember who it was on the comedy, but I think there's a kind of very telling um, note, comment about Malenko, and they say, oh, uh, Malenko never changes, never changes his expression. And I kind yeah. of wrote down after that, was that part of the issue with Malenko, why he never kind of got really properly over? See, I, I wrote that as a note. Malenko, his wrestling is second to none. He is so smooth. He is so crisp. But he's kind of like Lance Storm in that respect, that he's dull as dishwater beyond that. Yeah. Like, I think... Like, he always felt like Lance could kind of turn that to his benefit. Like, you know, yeah. the kind of spiritual minute sort of thing. That's Lance, Lance Storm turned it into something of a 
character of having no character, if that makes sense. Because yeah, yeah. his whole catchphrase, if I can be serious for a minute. And mm. then he had the whole Canadian thing going on and Team Canada and things like that. Whereas yep. Malenko didn't have a lot. Anything. Really. Because, I mean, you've got to admit, yeah. in this match, 75% of the radicals are in this match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, less than a year later, they're going to be in the WWF. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue that probably of the four of them, is it fair to say that Malenko probably made the least impact? I wrote that down. I just said, why was this man so wasted in the yeah, WWF? It's just obviously yeah. Benoit goes on to win the world title. Guerrero goes on mm-hmm. to win the world title. Saturn never does. Saturn kind of gets stuck with a mop and a few Saturn hardcore wins, matches. I was going to say Saturn wins that goes a mop. insane. <laughs> yeah, and then Malenko didn't do a lot. In the I can't, WWE. Like, I can't even remember what happened to him. Does he like very quickly get kind of moved up into the kind of um, agent side of things? Yes. I think he does. I think there was a little period where they tried to make him... He kind of had the same sort of 007 gimmick that Cesaro had a few years ago. Ah, okay. You remember that? When he, he came to the ring surrounded yeah. by like, you know, in with Bond girls, in inverted, inverted commas. Yeah, kind of basically says like he basically retired in two thousand and one. Yeah, pretty much. He wasn't that long. So like he wasn't yeah wasn't like in the kind of WWE mix very long. But yeah, like he's no. like we're kind of using the Horseman as the who he's in the moment. He kind of feels like he should be the kind of Tully Blanchard of the kind of of, of the squad. Yep. Yeah. Because he's got I think him and Tully have got kind of a lot of similar traits in the kind of you know they 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 rest the work and that sort of thing. But whereas Tully's this kind of like you know. He's got all of the charisma that you'd want for that kind of character as, as like a heel. Like Malenko's just like a blank slate wrestling machine. If that makes sense. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like a nameless, faceless android. Yeah, which I think would work. Like I think you know, stick him in Japan and it works perfect. Oh yeah, of course. But it's you know, very different that, where it's a very much about the razzmatazz. Yeah. yeah. So it seems a bit weird that you would put him in the the horseman, which is you you kind of picture the horseman. He's kind of you know every one of them's got like a you know, buckets of charisma and is like you know that kind of the style and the profile and whatever that kind of you know I think the, the kind of pinnacles kind of touching on now, aren't they? Where they're all kind of wearing sharp suits and going to the private jets and that sort of thing. And I think we never really seemed to kind of fit in that. He was just like a really good wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know they do this match. There's some kind of great tandem moves with him and Benoit. Like this, like a, a drop kick into a German suplex. Yes, yep. that's amazing. It looks really good. Like a lot yeah. of their tandem moves, are good. Like you know, they're just really, really smooth and really good. You can't argue with the wrestling. It's just like you know, even here you can kind of see you know, obviously excluding the murders. Ben was he has got like that that kind of level of charisma. <laughs> Always so exclude the murders, Phil. <laughs> I worked so hard, but like you can kind of see that like so casually, so casually. We kind of have to, don't you? Like you can kind of oh. see how Benoit can, can can connect with an audience and the crowd, whereas that that connection just doesn't seem to be there with Malenko at all. No, no, he's um, a bit too weird. plain, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also do get. I think this might be the first instance of Beach Ball Mania. <laughs> this is not fight around in the crowd, is it? Yeah, there's a Beach Ball in the one. crowd. Um, apparently, I think somebody takes it away because all of a sudden when there's not much going on in the ring the crowd just goes boo Charles Robinson admonishing them and Charles Robinson sending Saturn on the outside and that enables the horseman double team and the fans are on top of the referee on that 
Tony Giovanni tries to save the day by saying, oh, the, the crowd are getting on the ref, and I just wrote down, nice try, we know what's happened. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a DQ stipulation in this match either, because it seems to be liberally bring weapons in towards the end, and it's just well, right in front yeah, of the ref. Yeah. Arm throws a ring in, sorry, arm throws a ring in a chair, that's the wrong way round. I'll try that again. Arm throws a ring, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, he just happened. picks up the entire thing and just <laughs> picks up a ring. <laughs> Just, I just said, <laughs> Let me try oh, that. Amazing. Oh and then, my and god. And then obviously delivers to the ring the best looking spine buster of the night. <laughs> yes. So I'll try that again. So Arn throws a chair into the ring. No, Raven I'm leaving it in. Arn Anderson throws a ring into the chair. You bastard. Anyway, so <laughs> Raven sets up for a drop toe hold and hits it onto the chair which I wrote no DQ which the ref is watching completely yes. at this point the yes. the ref just goes yeah it's on the chair carry on yep Saturn goes to the outside to a table arm moves and Malenko sorry arm moves Malenko out the way and Saturn scores to the table again I write down no DQs mm-hmm. nope um, and the, actually the finish of this match is I get what Cameron's going to say but leading up to the point that Cameron will mention in a minute the, the chair is still in the ring at this point Mm-hmm. So what happens is Raven hits the Raven effect. Arn Anderson stops the pin, but on his way in, he drops the chair. That no, 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 no. He doesn't drop the chair. He places it very carefully on top of the bodies. <laughs> it's okay, fine. In full view of the ref, he goes, yes, that is where chairs are stored on. That is completely correct. Charles Robinson, the greatest referee, never. Um, they, they do point out that, like, um, oh, Robinson might be a bit, um, what's the word? favour of the wholesome just because of his pals with Ric Flair well yeah I suppose they've got they the same hairstyle the, like, there's a little bit of kind of you know um, groundwork being laid for that but they don't kind of go heavy in it and you know no. the, uh, he doesn't kind of lead into it himself either so it's not kind of over it in the ring which probably would have made more sense if he was kind yeah. of like you know actively trying to help him but yeah Arn just kind of places gently places the chair onto the top of um, the yeah. pinning uh, on top of Raven's head and, and then just kind of retreats to the corner and then just like falls to his knees like, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I'm not getting out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. So this leads to Benoit hitting the headbutt from the top rope onto the chair. Uh, Malenkoen rolls over to get the three count. Now, I counted the three different flying headbutts in this match, to which I yes. wrote down, it still makes me feel uncomfortable to see it today. It's even more yeah, uncomfortable when he's legitimately just flying himself. You, you, you would have no control over your yeah. descent by no. smacking... Essentially, he's smacking his face off a steel chair, which, in, yeah, even he, in Kayfabe, will surely well. wreck him more than the guy underneath. Yep. Yeah. You know, and so, he's bleeding out as well, isn't he? He's still, like, he's busted oh, yeah, open. He probably, that, like, that you know, he's, he's, he walks back up the aisle, he's probably bleeding out of his forehead and his nose. Yeah. So I can't understand why you, as a competitor, would go, I know how I'm going to end this. I'll fling myself through the air and then smack full force into a steel chair. That'll do it. You know, you know what the answer to that question is, Cameron? Work rate. Yeah, and it's WCW. Um, but there we go. <laughs> yeah. yes. But still, up until that moment, I was really enjoying this match. It kind of disintegrates a little bit at the end, but this, I, I was really yeah. liking this match because it's two legit teams going one on, you know, going toe to toe with each other. So we go to our semi-main event of the evening. Oh wait, no, tell a lie. Sorry, our semi-main no, main event. Two I left have, for the main event. I have, 
<laughs> yep, I, I made a mistake. That's two in a row now. I'm doing well. Yeah. So we well, apparently... as the analysis we are bringing to the chat. That's wonderful. Now I've just got images on the chat. Like, those shows where like they have two rings set up for the entire show, ready for the last match, would make way more sense if people could use the ring as a foreign weapon during the match. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm just got images of a, of a giant Godzilla-sized Arn Anderson rampaging through Japan. <laughs> Just waffling buildings with wrestling rings. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should do that. So, apparently, unbeknownst to anyone else, I think, uh, WCW were holding a tournament for the vacant WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. And they do have a tournament. Was, yep, they do. This match was the final. Uh, the match consists of Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, and Booker T. The story of this is Ric Flair stripped the former United States champion Scott Hall the title because he felt like it. Because he's yeah. WCW present at this point. Yeah. To which he goes on to a declaration Scott to Hall say... Scott was like drunk or in rehab or something. I think probably. probably yeah, one of his few <laughs> like, Yeah, probably. So Ric Flair decided that we're going to get a new US champion WCW style, to which I wrote, what does that mean exactly? Bad booking and uh, terrible finish. Terrible finishes, just generally... Because there's a video package that describes all the tournament matches so far, and to be honest, I watched yep. it twice, and I was none the wiser as to how they got here. Big Papa Pump came out, though, guys, when these two guys had another match. This was a return match. And even though Booker T was already in the finals, this match happened on Thunder on Wednesday night, Mike. This really was a strange situation because Chris Jericho applied the lion tamer to Booker T. But who came into the ring to make the save with the slapjack? Stevie Ray. So Booker T wins on Thunder and, of course, wins on Nitro to propel himself into the finals here against Big Papa Pump. I just wrote down a lot of chairs were being abused on WCW uh, TV yeah, in 1999. Pretty much. <laughs> so we get the Wolfpack NWO theme for Scott Steiner. Steiner looks absolutely enormous. <laughs> He's yes. so jacked yes. up. Yes. As the crowd noticed at some point in the match with their steroid chant. All right, the backbreaker. And the cover. One thing the fans have been able to do, and they've been able to have cause Steiner to lose his focus many times. He's probably getting some proper heat on this one, though. There's a brilliant bit at the start of this match where he's walking, he's just walking around the ring, like feeding off the abuse from the crowd. And there's <laughs> one woman. About this. <laughs> there's one woman that decides to start feeling Scott Steiner's chest and whooping as she does. And Scott Steiner then proceeds to tell what I presume is her husband next to him about how much better he would be sort of taken out of bed than he is. Fun to have her as a neighbor, huh? Yeah, great. Wonder how much she charges to haunt a small home. Your girlfriend's touching me, not you. You don't want that wood. That's a nice haircut if you're going to the chair. To which I just wrote down, Steiner is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's such a weird metamorphosis, isn't it? Because like whenever yeah. we see Scott Steiner, well, suppose most of the papers we've done, he's like you know wearing the M of Michigan, and he's got the jacket on, and he's got mullet, and he's kind of jumping around with Rick Steiner, kind of barking at people <laughs> in the corner. 
And it's like, yeah, it's just, it's almost night and day, isn't it? That kind of the, the switch he did with the big big pop up. Yeah, yeah, it is well, one of the wrestling's sort of most out there transformations. Mm-hmm. I think the only other one I can really think of that's on a par with it is Bradshaw into JBL. Yes, because that's a complete 180. That's a complete yeah. weird-ass 180. It's just completely mental. And Scott Steiner's like that as well. Have you seen what the Steiners are doing these days? I'm not recently, no. Think. Have you not researched out Rick Steiner's estate agent business? No way. <laughs> yeah, Rick Steiner... He, he does... He, they do real estate. <laughs> At least Rick does. Put in Rick Steiner real estate. Rick Steiner, I'm doing it right now. Real. And you'll get his um, his his wonderful oh list of properties. Oh my god! Rick Steiner. Steiner I think it's uh, if you want. Is it in Florida? I think you got. If you want a house it's in Florida. Florida. Yep. 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 Wow. Then there's uh, Rick, Steiner, Rick Steiner able a to show you around. National championship wrestler. Here's yeah. a review from James Hughes. Five stars. Rick Steiner is one of the best there is. Knowledgeable, friendly, and professional. Highly recommend. There like, you go. See, if you don't buy the house, does he like get you like a belly to belly or something? <laughs> I really yes. hope he does. I hope he does as well. So <laughs> just like you're gonna buy the house? No. Slaps him in like a kind of uh, in a te- Texas cloverleaf on the middle of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Slender is a red in. Starts to hit him with a hurricane water. What? Hurricane Stona. Stona. Does he do like the thing with like wearing the ear protectors like he did in the ring? Those kind of weird oh, things. Oh, I hope he does. That'd be great. Can like he go around for like a house show and he just runs around the house barking. <laughs> Literally a house show. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. I've seen all these jokes, but never before. But I really just heard this, so they're all fresh to me. Well, yeah. You you didn't know it was he was in real estate until I told you just now. So. I didn't yeah. know. I have, to be, I have to move to Florida buy a house off him now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just if you want to move to Florida, then that's great. There you go. So Mike Denny lets us know that the US title is a gateway to the World Heavyweight Championship. To which I wrote, I miss when belts mattered in wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, the, the, your stepping stone effect. You, if mm-hmm. you won that, you would generally be, not earmarked, but like it would be down the line, wouldn't it? Yep, it's kind of like how the IC belt used to be the gateway to the heavyweight championship belt. Until it became yep. the consolation prize for fucking up your uh, world title shot. <laughs> you know, when it became well, like kind of going, oh, you know, Dolph Ziggler had a world title shot and it wasn't really that great. I oh, will just give him the Intercontinental nine times in a row. <laughs> Absolutely. at this moment in time is the current TV champion. Again, another belt I like the design of. I wrote down, why is this so hard to do in 2021 where we've just got terrible belts? Does he wear belts? belts to the ring? I can't remember if he does or not. The TV uh, title. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Because that's why I wrote it there. Bank on it. Yeah. Um, uh, my Bobby okay. the Brain highlight of the match. Go on. Uh, it's when uh, Steiner crotches Booker T on the top rope. Yep, so about 85% of this match is Scott Steiner doing the greatest crowd work tutorial I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's also a big story of this match is the fact that he essentially um, intimidates referees to get his own way. <laughs> yes, he does. Which works really well in him. this context, because it's not like the referee is like bias against Booker T, it's the fact that he's just absolutely terrified of what Scott terrified. Steiner's going to do to him. Well, he pushes the ref over a few times, doesn't he? He kind of slaps. He does. He proper decanio is it for a little while. 
<laughs> so after wow. after uh, the beep machine makes an appearance due to some industrial language. So eventually we get a match that begins where he gets into the ring and jumps straight back out to the guardrail to confront somebody. <laughs> yeah, why not? So after about half an hour of this, we get into the ring, the bell rings, and we start with a column elbow tie-up. <laughs> oh yes, why not? And again, there's like, there's, there's another DQ question mark in this match because I think at one point Styler just, yes. just, just absolutely kicks Booker T in the nads. Yeah, yep. kicks him in the nads and then not, smacks him with a chair. Not even hides it. He, he kind of comes no. off the ropes and wham. But see, that goes back to the whole the referee is too scared to disqualify him because if he disqualifies him, Slayer's just going to destroy him. He's going to kick him in the nads. It makes sense from that kind of like story perspective. Yeah. 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 Um, Steiner at one point is just doing push-ups in the ring because why not? Yeah. Yeah. And we got a hug as well. Just yeah. proper sharp with muscles. Our closing sort of sequence is Steiner um, irates Booker. Booker then has a spin kick. Uh, uh, there's a clothesline trio, but during this, the ref does get knocked down because Steiner pulls the ref into the path of Booker T. Mm-hmm. Uh, Booker T hits the axe kick and hits a flapjack and tries to pin, but the referee's still down, which, as Bobby Heenan points out, you got to have a man dressed like a zebra to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like a zebra. Yep. Uh, Steiner smacks the referee again because why not? What does anyone know? What Steiner got from his tights? The, the, the foreign object. It's a um... it's a comb. It's the it's the size and shape of like a plastic comb got wrapped in a few <laughs> layers a of gaffer tape. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. Call me crazy. Maybe, but it doesn't look like a roll of quarters. A comb of the eye is going to be quite painful, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong, but. As the you know, hidden weapons go, it's not the best. Your boy uh, Flair did it at WrestleMania 8. He pulled one out of the trunk. So it was like a proper bra- pair of brass nuts, wasn't it? Yep. Yes. That's what you want. Something that looks vicious. Not like something you could be, you know, using to sort your 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 um, hair out. <laughs> so you got a cracker. <laughs> and he hits, was it, like right in the throat, middle of a suplex yeah, or something? Yeah, Booker's going for a suplex. Legs, but Steiner sticks him and uh, eventually Steiner gets the referee back up and going. Ref counts three and our new WCW Heavyweight Type United States Champion is Mr. Scott Steiner, to which my recap of this match is this was the Scott Steiner heel work show. Pretty much, yeah, that's all this is. <laughs> it's just Scott Steiner doing crowd interaction to the nth yeah. degree. <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah, one, though. He's, he's a really good one. I thought he didn't said a mean man. Oh, yeah, yes, very much so. a very, a very, very mean so. gentleman. We cut to the crowd where there's a nice sign that says, thanks for taping this, Dad, to which I wrote, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that sign. Much. Oh, nice. We then go to one of the weirdest segments of this entire show. We go to the yeah. WCWWrestling.com segment, to which I wrote down, what in the fuck is wrong with that horse in the graphic? Did anyone else see that? No. <laughs> I think I did. I was just trying to think of like, fact. Am I supposed to be listening to their conversation or not? Because I can't hear anybody talking. I can kind of half hear the commentary team. Rey Mysterio is saying something, but I can't quite hear. And it all just kind of turns into like a smear of noise. I I think it's just audio mix 
boxing hell, but uh, there, 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 there's some words happen, whatever. It's, it's not important, but yeah, you need to rewatch this segment again to see this. This graphic is just cursed beyond yeah, all recognition. That'll be in the art for the uh, podcast. Yay! Oh, yeah, do that. So, our semi-main event yes. is Kevin Nash with Lex Luger and Miss Elizabeth versus Goldberg. Yeah. Kevin Nash cost Goldberg the streak to which I wrote down. Kevin Nash ended Goldberg street. Sorry, your Goldberg streak, cunt. It <laughs> <laughs> is really the, like the kind of promo leading up to it, the kind of video package. It doesn't really articulate that very well, does it? It's just kind of like no. a montage of people being like lads hitting yeah. other lads. Hammered. And it doesn't yeah. really kind of but, like, it doesn't feel like a big proper blow off match. No, I think it's because they've already ruined Goldberg at this point. But the crowd are doing their best to keep it going because there's massive chance when Goldberg comes out. Yeah. It is labelled by Tony Schiavone as one of the biggest matches of 1999. And um, then Heenan follows this up randomly by saying, yeah, they don't have run-ins in golf. (laughs) I don't quite know what that was in the context of, but yeah. Um, It's because they're discussing about how, like... um, Right, writers are writing about wrestling being like the hottest thing on TV. Okay. And they're oh, going, oh, why yeah, is it so, so hot? Yeah, 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 yeah. We wake up a couple of writers up in New York and all of a sudden it's a big deal. You know why? Because they don't allow any run-ins in golf. <laughs> that really puts it into perspective. And they know that the fans cheer real loud in bowling, so who cares? Again, uh, someone's, going to, someone's like, you know, teeing up for their shot. Scott Snyder comes in, hits him with a Frankenstein into the hole. I'd watch that every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Wouldn't. Probably. Um, it would have so... been like, yeah, Tiger Woods gets smashed with a steel chair. Jesse's about to, you know, sing the finisher on the last green. Who's not going to watch that? <laughs> I mean, no, you'd, you'd probably end up having some kind of bullshit dusty finish as well, though. <laughs> like, he hits him with a chair, but the ball still trickles in and he wins the Masters. Yeah. Probably, yeah. We won the Masters whilst being unconscious. There is an angle. How would you do a, a Dusty Rhodes finish in golf? <laughs> Two balls um, in the hole, that's what it is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd have to be like... Oh, the guy gets the ball out. The caddy goes to get the, the ball out. Oh, no. There's two balls in the hole. Disqualified. No, there's like there's like a there's like a spring in the hole in the bottom of the hole, and the ball goes in, but then it just instantly goes boop, and then just bounces back out again. It's like, no. but he made no, it. It, it went it. in. No, it's still in the grass. I forgot about the key component to this. There are two golf courses. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yet <laughs> there's two golf courses side by side. <laughs> And it's all just a dream over the entire thing. <laughs> oh no! And then, you just do like you the just... whole. Then, like at the end of the match, it's like the hole beyond the hole, or whatever it's called. Yeah, the the nineteenth the, the hole decides to like like really spice well, yeah. things up by introducing a small windmill. Is, is, yeah. is, isn't the hole beyond the hole the green room after the match anyway? Pretty um, much, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, no. so there you go. That's what would happen if Dusty Rose did golf. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, so Kevin Nash grabs the mic after the bell rings and does his best Scott Hall impression. We get another call and elbow tie-up because apparently wrestling is the thing this company does. Um, Tony Schiavone tries to do his best Gorilla Monsoon impression by giving out other names for the abdominal region. The odds are stacked in the favor of Big Sexy here. Drives it in. To the 
We've, we we have a we want sting chance, which I just wrote down. Jesus. Yeah, if you wait ten minutes, he's gonna be there. Yeah, he's, he's gonna come up soon. Let's just calm down. Yeah. I've, I've written down. It's not exactly a pacey match. This. No, that's very. No, well, you, you're, you're two minutes in, and I think Kevin Nash has already delivered about fifteen knees to the corner. <laughs> yes. It's. Just, I'm looking at kind of going. Oh, Kevin Nash has got move number one of his three move repertoire out of the way. <laughs> I see. That's like about thirty percent of his move set gone. There, yeah, isn't it? pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> There's that and the boot and a few punches and a power bomb and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, this this match is just trying to rehab Goldberg. There's really not much to it. Eventually, you know, Luger tries to interfere, gets wiped out. Um, Goldberg goes through the two moves of Doom, Spear followed by a jackhammer, and that's pretty much it. it it was not about a filler match, but it was it was sort of the typical let's get the crowd down a little bit before we go to the main event with yeah, which which feels weird for like the position of these two guys because clearly like, these are still two of the biggest guys in the company. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, have, like definitely. a kind of also round match at this point seems a bit kind of like huh, this, it feels like a, a nitro match rather than like a kind of baby one. Yes, exactly. You get the kind of good moment of like Nash leapfrogging the spear, so he can yes. kind, of, kind of kill a ref. Mm-hmm. But like. And they hit them, go back into spear later. But it's kind of weird, again, kind of going back to the small WCW ring. It kind of almost felt like the ring was too small for Goldberg's spear. Yeah. Especially mm. with someone like as tall as Nash, because when he hits it, like he almost like gets himself tangled up in the ropes. But that might just be because Goldberg, uh, sorry, Nash is, is like a very tall man. Well, that's, probably, that's probably the issue, that if you've got a tall gentleman in a small ring, it's gonna, you're going to get technical gentleman. difficulties. Yes. I, I have written here as well, you say the two moves of Doom, there is a third, Ewan. Oh, I've sorry. got uh, Goldberg's bollock grip of death. <laughs> yes, okay, I forgot about that. You forgot about the bollock grip. <laughs> I did forget There's about a that. Again, <laughs> again, referee does fuck all. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just... well, before after, though, he gets like absolutely massacred by that spear. Uh, oh, I might yeah, be, actually. Yeah. He might be on the deck, but yeah, there's a, there's a definite bollock grip of death goes on, and then the jackhammer. <laughs> bollock grip of death. That's a t-shirt all day long, that is. We have made it to the final match of the evening, our four-corners match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship with special guest referee, the macho man, Randy Savage. Our competitors, Hollywood Hogan, Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, and reigning champion and WCW chairman, Ric Flair. One quick thing there. It's 1999 and Ric Flair is the WCW champion. Mm, WCW, mean, that's your answer. What, yeah. what, what more do you it's want? WCW, yeah. Also, <laughs> I kind of realised coming down to the ring, DDP's the youngest guy in this match, isn't he? Yes. Hey, he will be, yeah. It was considering like he was old. <laughs> well, yeah. well, like, old for a wrestler. Infamously, DDP was like 36 when he started training how to wrestle. Yeah. yeah. He was not a young guy to begin with. I mean, this is this is a nice sort of tribute before it's time to current modern day WWE, where you've got ancient <laughs> men in the ring in the main event. That's true. Fair play. Yeah, good point. Uh, my first complaint about this match: why is there no Michael Buffer? That's true. Probably because they quit paying him. More likely. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this down, but I just wrote down the fuck is this music? I don't know who that was in reference to. Was that for Hogan? Maybe it was actually. It's the Wolfpack music because he's. I, I think it kind of changed from the kind of voodoo child music at this point. I don't remember. I don't. Or, I, was, I was wondering, like, had they stripped that oh, out no, because no, no, they no, can't no. use it anymore? No, I think it's actually Matchell's music. Oh yeah, yeah, it's got weird music. 
Savage. Well, we didn't know who this woman was at first, so I just wrote down Macho Man and his nameless lady of the night. Uh, gorgeous George, he has a cheese on, yeah, on, on the top files. Yep. And then commentary pervs on her for a little bit, and then, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Ric Flair enters the ring first. I never like a defending champion entering first. No, champ should, champ should be last. Yep. Champ should always be yes. last. But it's Sting uh, last, though, isn't it? I thought Hogan was going to be last, to be brutally honest. Yeah, that, I'd thought that as well, but... To the point where I wrote no. down Hogan last, and had to cross it out and put, oh no, Hogan's next. No, but to be honest, if we were talking about the best entrance, Sting's WCW music when he's sort of doing the Crow gimmick, I love that entrance theme. I love it so oh, much. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. So, big, big match. Four men in the ring. How does the match start? Well, Beach Ball Mania 2. <laughs> <laughs> we have a second Beach Ball for no reason. Well, I um, I think I finessed myself with the comments because pretty much immediately Hogan and Flair go to the outside. Yes. And I'm like, well, I assume Flair's going to gonna uh, blade in the next few seconds and he's going to be covered in blood for this match. But it never actually happens. Nope. Which was a surprise. And within minutes, like, Hogan's got his belt off and he's whacking Flair around the place with it. And it's like, what's going on here? But it feels kind of weirdly disjointed because they kind of make a big thing about, oh, though, this isn't a four-way dance. This is a, this is a match. This is, a, you know, a, you know, this is going to be a fight. But it quickly kind of breaks down to, like, two matches going on at the same time. It does kind of go into that, yeah. It's almost like the double Jeopardy match that ECW did a couple of times where you would have two matches in the ring at the same time. You'd have two pinfalls, and then the two winners would then wrestle each other to determine the overall winner. Mm. Mm. That would kind of make more sense, because it's just like it's, it's, it's a four-way match, but it's only really kind of two people interacting... Because I think like the the only kind of like double teaming that happens like happens like really late on in the match. There's no one <laughs> kind of teams off on anybody else. No one kind of thinks, oh, like that's two will team off on that guy and get him out of the way for a bit, and then we'll kind of we'll sort out settle our business up, you know, elsewhere sort of thing. Yeah, it kind of feels real, kind of like yeah. I think it's like disjointed is the best word I can use for it. This match is it's okay. It's not amazing. Mm, it's no. got some good bits like you know um, DDP yeah. doing the figure four around the post on Hogan that's like quite oh that was good yeah, yeah yeah I've got down here that DDP's doing Brett's spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong hope you got permission he must, for that he must have got Brett's permission though surely oh, yeah, we must have asked so. him backstage yeah and then I think it's that, that's the round of the point where Hogan gets carried out which kind of you know just kind of takes the edge off well he didn't really have an edge but Hogan could be taken out for kind of not being referenced again for the rest of the match mm. yeah Hmm. Did anyone else think it was going to be Hogan coming back at the last minute to win it? I thought that as well. I was so thinking, oh, this is is basically going to be the excuse for Hogan not to wrestle the full match if he's like carrying injury or he just can't be arsed. He's going to come down at the last minute. Towards option number two. Yeah, he's going to come down at the last minute and like pin whoever it is just in the eye. But it never happens, weirdly. We do get that kind of like the interesting moment where like Hogan gets carried out, flinging, uh, fling? I guess that's how you. I guess it's that's how you refer to Flair and Sting. It's fling. Yeah, you know, it's like Benefer, isn't it? So uh, Fling are having their match off to one side, and DDP's just kind of chilling in the corner. Mm-hmm. He's having a rest. Kind of just relaxing in the side. Well, just, as you uh, would, you would if you if you were in like what is effectively a triple threat. You are just going to hang back and just wait for them to like you know yeah. murder each other, then jump in at well, last minute. What makes minute. it weird is that like Flair and Sting just don't acknowledge him at all. Like they don't <laughs> even kind of yeah, look that, over to him. Is the storyline that you, there's you, no you, kind of interaction whatsoever? You kind of get the impression at this point, on commentary, that DDP is like the total underdog of this match. So is it a case of 
yeah, Flair and Sting have such a kind of like burning rivalry with each other that they don't really consider DDP to be on their level, so therefore they're going to kind of maybe ignore him to the, at their cost, yeah. as we're going to find out at the end of the match. Well, yeah, I was going to say the, the sort of crescendo of the match is there's a, I can't remember exactly the, the closing sequence, but there's a giant schmoz and DDP then just hits a diamond cutter out of pretty much nowhere well, on Flair. We have missed the part where Savage decides to elbow drop. Yes. You know, break yeah. up. You know, I was going to say Savage elbow to Flair. I think Flair's in like, um, I think is it Sting's got him in a figure four, and then effectively um, Savage just climbs the top turnbuckle and then just elbow drops him. Flair had Sting in the figure four. Sting reversed it, and then Flair reversed it back, and then I think Macho just hits him with a forearm. Yeah. Hits him with the, sorry, the, the flying elbow. Yeah. You'd think that Macho Man also would have worn a ref shirt for this. No, of course not. He's well, Macho Man. Back in white. So it's kind of like he's almost there. <laughs> no, but he's <laughs> not, he's not, he just looks like another wrestler that's in the match. Yeah. Well, he is, technically. I know, but had he actually it's... just worn a ref, you know, it would have been fine. But he doesn't. But the only bit I think that kind of really kind of takes advantage of there being like more than one person in the ring is where you get the kind of double sleeper move. Yeah, mm. you get the treble sleeper, which then, like, Sting reverses into yeah. like a double jawbreaker, isn't it? Well, I think that that's like the only move of the match where it's like, oh yeah, there's like more it, than three people yeah, in the ring being involved in the same thing at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, you kind of look at those, the kind of matches you get at WWF for this kind of time for the, for the, like, you know, more than one person. They would be like a lot quicker in cycling people in and out of the, those kind of things. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there'd be a lot more kind of, yeah, people yeah, would have yeah. that kind of, that feeling of like kind of controlled chaos where it's just this kind of ball of arms and legs is kind of rolling around the ring area, which, <laughs> which is what you want with like, you know, you've got three or four people, you want things kind of, you know, lots of crazy stuff happening as often as possible because you've got four people there. Whereas this just feels like, like I said, you know, it's like, it's a couple of matches happening at the same time. One gets kind of stopped because once someone gets injured to so the other person half fast, like half heartedly joins the other match for a bit and then it finishes. No, you're right. Half arsed. You're right. Mm. <laughs> Don't correct yourself. The wonder's over. Chuck hits him with a diamond cutter and wins. Yep, and that's it. We 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 run to the finish line because I don't know if we're running out of time or they they literally just go, yeah, DDP's won. We'll see you tomorrow. And it's like, whoa, was that it? Yeah, there's not yeah, much of a celebration. Is, yeah, DDP's first belt win, isn't it? Yeah, yes. that's his first title. Yeah. So you'd have thought there'd be like a big kind of like moment for it it would feel like a bigger moment but it isn't the big moment is on nitro tomorrow that's true sorry yeah it's all about tv show isn't it 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 does kind of they do kind of put across the opinion that oh no one expected ddp to win yeah and it's so it's like Mm. it's just everyone's like oh well that one came out the blue uh yeah uh it's almost like they had like massive celebrations and speeches planned for like sting or hogan or flair winning but then (laughs) oh ddp wins oh right um um, oh no but have we got anything to say about him uh not really uh roll the credits Uh, yeah he's a wrestler who won yay he won yay yay. and it's just like right okay great so so and that was the tale going into the match the 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 promo doesn't really articulate like why they all want the belt even though it's like you know you want the belt but there's no like the stakes of the match aren't really kind of made clear no that's that's a big negative against it it's just four men in a ring and macho man's there because reasons yeah macho's there because reasons hogan's there because it's like you want that kind of that stuff outside of like you know hogan wants to belt because of this because he wants to cement his his nwo and flair wants to keep it because you know he wants because he's Flair. Sting wants it because he wants to go back to the, you know, he's WCW proper and that sort of stuff. And it's like, that's mm. never kind of brought into it. It's just like, yeah, four dudes having a match. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's it. It ends up, as we say, being sort of two matches separately, really, most of the time. Yeah. And re- really thinking about it, there hasn't been a single, like, wrestler promo in the entire match, apart from Kevin Nash going on the mic for a few seconds before his match. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's done any kind of, like, interview or promo for the whole thing, have they? No, no. I think because all that was done on Nitro, so yeah. you bought the pay-per-view to get the, the sort of ending of it. Kind of makes, Whereas... It makes the pay-per-view, like, just not that impactful. That makes sense. Yeah, but... Even in the promo videos, you don't get any kind of, like, re- recaps of, like, you know, DDP saying about how much he wants the belt and how much, like, this is, like, his last chance or whatever to get the title sort of thing. Like, all that kind of undercuts the emotion of all the, all the bouts. But that's all been done already in Nitro and Thunder. So, remember, you've, yeah. at this point, you've had three, possibly four hours of TV to build up to this. That's what's missing from WWE, yeah. that at the moment in my opinion anyway you guys know I'm harsh in WWE because well they should be you know if you get that much money and attention you should be better than what they currently are doing but you know you've got all this time you can build to it but you don't need to then retread spend half the pay-per-view telling us what happened two weeks ago I watched it I know Yeah. yeah. so I don't say say why I don't want to do that but like in the promo video before it you know you like like in the one before like I don't think there's any kind of talking from the wrestlers at all in it it's all just like music and visual stuff there's no kind yeah. of like recaps of like even just a few sound bites of what they're saying going into the match sort of stuff mm-hmm. i think it's they worked on the assumption that you're watching the tv because yeah. why else would you buy the show I suppose you know that might work at the time but when we when you're watching it like like frozen and amber on the network it doesn't mm-hmm. really like that side bit doesn't kind of get brought into it does it, it no unless you've watched the tv on the network mm-hmm. leading up to it you don't get the same impact you do why would you do that why would you do that to yourself because you hate yourself, I don't know. Oh, there you are, yeah. <laughs> so, or you do a stupid wrestling podcast. Oh, there you go. So that was WCW Spring Stampede 1999. And here it is time to answer the question that is on everyone's lips. Where is this show going to go on the table? Where does it go? I order? believe it's better than Beach Blast 92. Ooh. Hmm. So that would mean it would be up Elf. there with Royal Rumble 2000. That's the next one above Beach Crash 92. I think if, you, if we just take out everything else on the table and just look at the WCW shows that are on there, it's either better than Beach Blast or it's just below. It's going to say it's We've done some awful WCW shows. We have done some awful shows. The next WCW show after that is in 16th place and is WrestleWar 92. It is much better than WrestleWar 92. Uh, WrestleWar 92 is kind of a one-match show, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just about even, is it better than Beach Blast 92? There's a lot about Beach Blast 92 I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's not far away. It's definitely better than Survivor Series 95. Yeah. Is it better than NXT Brooklyn? Um... Is that sticking point? Again, NXT Brooklyn's kind of a one-match show with the... Again, yeah. Yeah. Whereas with this, you do... Yes, there were some absolutely horrible matches on it, but the matches that mattered actually mattered and delivered for the most part. True. So let's say... Right, so let's, let's get it down to... Is it better than Beach Blast, or is it just that slight little bit below Beach Blast, but it's I'd still up in that echelon? I'd say it's probably just one step below Beach Blast. Okay, mm. I'll give you that. So, I think we've come to the consensus that, in the opinion of 
the Conquistadors. WCW Spring Stampede 1999 is the 13th best pay-per-view in the yeah, world. it is. And now the moment we are fearing. Oh, God. Yes, here we it are. It is time for the next show to be selected. And it's, well, <laughs> it's it's Al, but Al sort of took it upon himself to say it was him next. But that's, that's regardless. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we're Obviously, have to Al can't be here tonight. No, Al can't be here tonight because he's currently answering questions about flags and capital C's. Well, um, I was going to say it's under a table, but that's probably a better that's idea. That's probably he's doing, the answering of the oh, flags and capital Z's. Yes. Shall you open but, the envelope? Yes, he has okay. given Cameron an envelope, which is now going to open on the air, yes, and this right. is going to tell us what our next show is. You know what, guys? I think the glasses are going on. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. And there we go. I'm, I'm scared, Phil. Let's scared. in. I don't want it. to do this. There we oh, go. Oh. Right, I need to... Uh, right, hold on. I'm opening, opening the envelope. It. The envelope is oh. being opened. Oh. Uh, there's a small note in here. And there oh. we go. All right, okay. Um, right. Okay. Right. Um, okay. It says, Hello. In the past, I've gone for long cards, usually involving a tournament. These consist of about 15 matches, but no oh, more. No. We'll do a shorter show this time around. And the bottom of the, oh. the, the, the note is actually sellotaped over. So oh, wow. I'll have to, like, just eke away the bit of sellotape here. Um, I think he's done this on some of the old contact lens order forms. <laughs> Never mind. Wow, he's put some effort into this, hasn't he? Um, it's about fucking we're time. We're doing. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no, Cameron! The reaction is not We're doing WrestleMania four because it's only fourteen matches. Sake. I knew you'd do this to us. And it's a WF title tournament, isn't it? Fuck me. Oh, oh. no, we've done, we done, we done five, haven't we? Um, yeah, we did five. We've done five, oh, yeah. Right. Since the year before. Why? Why does Al hate us so much? I'm pretty years. sure I've not done I mean, I seem to have. I'm hoping we haven't done this one. Because I seem to this remember is a three watching and a half this. Hour show. No, we've not, we've definitely not done it. We've not done no, it. We've done five. Oh, okay. I think we, we, it feels familiar because five's like in the same arena with basically the same card, essentially, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah, and a half. Guys, this is a three and a half hour show. Uh, that's Damn. not too bad. That's okay. Most of the matches are. Camera, it's a one... uh, let me see what we've got. Most of the matches will be short anyway. But that doesn't. <sighs> me and Al are going to follow it again. <laughs> Because I a four hour spectacular, that's a fucking lie. WWF, don't even try that. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Wow. I'm not happy, can you tell? I um, can tell. Not at all. You're hiding it quite well. Fuck's sake. <sighs> Wait. No, Al's lied. Has he? There are 16 matches on this show. 
16. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's I suppose by the tradition results. they usually have to have a match in between the two semi-finals for the, the buffer That's for the final. That's not 14 matches, that's 16 matches. Fourth quarter, singles, six-man tag, semi-final, tag team. Sweet Billy Christmas. (laughs) Well, there you go, guys. That's what we're doing. Well, Randy Savage versus Butch Reed. Fuck me. Looking forward to that. Well, join us next month for... Dino Bravo. (laughs) Join us next month for I'm going to upset Al. Ultimate Warrior vs. Hercules. Kill me now. Oh my god! <laughs> nice. <laughs> <sighs> well, so, we're all really, really adrenalised for that one then. Um, I, I'm something for it. I'm not sure if adrenalised is yeah. the term. I'm real pumped Jeez. and ready to go. Bemused, disappointed. I need uh, to see bitter. match length. Nine minutes. You get a battle royal done in nine minutes. <laughs> there you go. Five minutes, four minutes, nine minutes, five minutes, get ten minutes. Are we going to get another awkward interview with Donald Trump, though? Probably. Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, we sat front row said that, like, only two matches go over ten minutes in, on the entire card. They're going to feel like they go 20 minutes. Possibly. Everything else is just like, yeah, ten minutes or less. God almighty. Wait a minute, One Man Gang with Slick versus Bam Bam Bigelow with Oliver Humperdinck. Who the hell's Oliver Humperdinck? Oliver Humperdinck? Yeah, you don't remember? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Oliver Humperdinck. Oh, you, you Green Lake, the Red show. Sutton, the big kahuna, so Oliver Humperdinck, Rooster Humperdinck, mm-hmm. Big Daddy Dink. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, sweet God. Who's next after Al, just so I can... Me, play? Phil. Thank mm. you. Phil, if you pick something terrible, I swear to God. Well, <laughs> well, well then. don't fuck with me. I'll mention my pick off there, maybe, just to kind of see if. <laughs> All right. I think okay. I mentioned it before why I want to do it, but you know. Well, actually, yeah, you did. You, I think you did, and I'm, I wasn't angry about it. Yeah. Because I know it's going to yeah. have less than 16 matches on it. Oh, let me order that quickly. <laughs> Jeez, fucking God almighty. Well. I hope you guys enjoyed watching nine matches because you're going to enjoy watching almost double next month. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Bring it. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. We all just club together. We can get through it. <laughs> no, we won't just club out. That's going to be quicker. We'll, we'll club out. We can get we'll through get it. Through it. <laughs> well, I don't know how to end the show now. <laughs> just no. There's just this air of kind of like general kind of, oh, God, now, isn't it? Taking the whole air out of the thing now, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of like it's kind of like leaving the hospital after getting a cancer diagnosis. You're going to die in seven days and been hit by a car. <laughs> That's an analogy. <laughs> yeah. It's a definite analogy. That's an analogy. And that's probably how I'm going to feel after watching the show. <laughs> probably. But never mind. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, it'll be I fine. Knew, I knew he would. I, I knew you would fuck us. I knew he would. Do yeah, this. Just, so, yeah, it's, it's shorter. Oh yeah, it's one match shorter. <laughs> Beautiful. Never mind. Oh, oh, but Cam, it's a, it's a tournament. Fuck you. Fuck you. Every single time friends. it's a tournament. Every single time. This is why we. This is why we rig it so he doesn't get to choose often. <laughs> we rig it. It's not. It's a, it's a, it was. It's supposed to be a strict alph- alphabetical order after all the issues of the last time. 
Well, that's that's given us WrestleMania four. Wonderful. Never mind. Some, Never mind. Sometimes democracy doesn't work. I think if I start watching it now, like before I go to bed, <laughs> then I might have been able to finish it by the time we record next month. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, you can look forward to that next month, listeners. Aye. All right. <laughs> well. Um, I have nothing else to say. No, I have nothing else to add to it. <laughs> just um, trying to get myself psyched up for. In, in, I hope you've six. enjoyed the show. Uh, leave a review on whatever you get your podcast because that helps the show along. And if you want to talk yep. to any of us, it's probably the best way is the Conquistadors uh, Twitter handle. Um, Indeed. Which I think we all kind of like have responsibility for because we've all got it loaded on our phones. I think I remember rightly. Don't think I do. Yeah, Don't think you and well, me and Phil definitely do because me and Phil sort of interchange well, it every once in a while. I will get started out so I can do that as well. But yeah, this was fun. It was. It was a good one. I, I, I this was a, a good one. We we'll hit to the ground with some sort of, you know, decent WCW at least. Yep. Which you is know. always a good thing. Always a good thing. Considering what we've got next month. Oh, yes. But it'll be fine. Until then, goodbye. God bless. Wear a mask. Don't be an idiot. (laughs) Wear a mask. Get your COVID jab, which is Friday for me. So. Yeah. I I, I get my first one on Friday. So there we go. That should be cool. Unless it completely lays me low on the Saturday. But hey, you know, we'll come across the bridges <laughs> and we'll come to it. That's fine. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Right, but cha-cha for now, dear listeners. Goodbye. Bye. Who cares?